The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. the meeting order of the city council special meeting which is also going to be a town hall first up i would like for the clerk to take roll call please roll call mayor garrett here mayor pro tem Cantor. here council member jennings council member Kinez. here council member miller madam mayor you have a quorum thank you um and I still don't see the uh, flag down here yet. So I'll, I'll take it upon myself to let's all take in a deep breath through our nose, exhale out our mouth. And we're just gonna just be very calm in this meeting today, okay? <laughs> Meditation is always good, right? I can keep talking, there he is, Never mind. I don't have to do any more. Once the flag is up here, I invite everyone in the audience and on camera to do the Pledge of Allegiance. To the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Uh, yeah, even I'm sure they're going to be walking in in a minute. Uh, I'll make a motion to uh, excuse uh, council members uh, Jennings and Miller. Just need a second. Second. It's been moved and second. Roll call, please. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Council member Kinez? Yes. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Need the approval of the agenda? Make a motion to approve the agenda. Second. Been moved and second. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Council Member Kinez? Yes. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Um, next up is going to be the public comments for items that's on the agenda. Um, I'm thinking, oh, there's going to be a public comment for the town hall. I'm thinking that is also where questions. We'll do another public uh, comment, but it's going to be during the town hall discussion on opening uh, closed streets. Unless there's someone that would like to make a statement now, there would not be any dialogue back and forth regarding the uh, opening of the closed streets. But otherwise, anything else that's on the agenda, please come to the microphone. You have three minutes to speak. It is just a one-way conversation. So if anybody would like to speak, you are not required to give your address, but your name would be really nice. Anyone that wants to speak? Come on up. Or come on down. Hi, I'm Hi. Tim Gladney, and uh, my what was your name? Say it again. Timothy Gladney. Okay. And uh, I found out from my neighbor yesterday about this opening up uh, Blackstone Roslyn 
to Southfield. Uh, I've been here 22 years. It's been closed that long that I know of. And we do not need that kind of access at that corner to Southfield Road. Too much opportunity for crime. And uh, it's only a few neighbors in that section. And I'm pretty sure we're all on the same page. So that's my comment. I don't want to see it open. Thank you. Mayor Garrett, uh, City Council, good evening. Uh, good evening. My name is Late Jones. Um, my wife is back there, Linda Jones. We live at 18180 Roseland Boulevard in Lathrop Village. And from what we've heard, we object to the removal of the berm at Southfield and, uh, and, uh, Late and Roseland Boulevard. We ask that it remains, remains closed. More than 20 years ago, Roseland was open to, to Southfield. I'm going to read this because I, I want to be concise. I don't want to miss anything. And I don't want to waste your time or hours. More than 20 years ago, Roseland Boulevard was open to Southfield Road, and the drivers cut through Roseland at breakneck speeds to beat the light at 12 in Southfield. The drivers faced zero stop signs between uh, Bloomfield and Southfield, making Roseland the Indianapolis 500 of Lathrop Village. Uh, to stop this dangerous nuisance, uh, several of the, of the neighbors, uh, quite before I moved in, uh, did the legwork. They sat out there, they logged, they uh, kept data of cars going by and traffic speeds, et cetera, and brought them to the city council and got the relief that they were seeking to get that burn put up there. Uh, present day, please know that we will be unsafe if you reopen that intersection. Yes, uh, there are neighbors who enjoy residential uh, life on Roseland, and within 20, 200 feet of Southfield, there are people who are disabled. There are disabled people, there are children, there are seniors, and um, uh, they need to have safety in that area. Uh, your vote to approve opening the intersection at Roseland and Southfield is an affront to their safety and to your constituents. Let's add on to the volume of traffic, let's not add on to the volume of traffic near, near a 12 mile road. The traffic is so heavy there that the Michigan Department of Transportation calculates that approximately 39,000 vehicles travel through there each day. Uh, this is not just sentiment, it's directly from the uh, Michigan Department of Trans Transportation uh, information. When you consider the history I shared, the residents of Roseland and the data of MDOT, the right decision is to keep the berm open. We ask you to please consider that. Please keep it open. Don't consider, consider closing it because it's, a, uh, uh, it's what we need in our area. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else that wants to speak? Can someone in the, sorry, you can come up. We, Bill, Bill. Bill, you take it over to the lady in the red coat, please. Oh, no, you're good? Okay, go ahead. Hi. Hi. My name's uh, Roger Scott, and uh, I moved into my home in 1990. Uh, when I moved in, San Quentin, where it comes up to Lathrop Boulevard, was closed off. Uh, they had stuck uh, some cement in there, uh, sticking up like, um, to keep people from driving through. Yeah. Well, over the time, I've had uh, two different gardens there. Uh, I have a rock garden there, and it's all finished off. 
Uh, it takes quite a bit of work uh, in the summer to keep it up and attractive. Uh, there's, from what I see on the fence line between uh, my neighbors, uh, there must be 20 feet, assuming the, the fence line that meets up across the street, uh, there must be 20 feet from there to the street level in Southfield. Um, and well, it would just be a, uh, a shame to see that go. Uh, it's a nice quiet place. Uh, I have a park bench out there for anybody that wants to take a seat. Um, the guy kitty corner uh, in Lathrop Village for me has done quite a bit of improvements to his uh, area. Um, and uh, there's also, uh, it could be a traffic hazard if they opened it up because for some reason there's a two and a half foot dip from uh, the Lathrop side down into the Southfield side. Uh, and it's quite abrupt. Um, uh, in fact, they ought to take a look at putting in strips on the sidewalk uh, that does go through. The sidewalk only goes through on one side, um, the opposite side of the street from me. Uh, put some of those rubber strips in there because uh, it's quite steep. Um, in such a short period, but it would just be a shame to see that go, you know, and I enjoy working on it uh, over the years. Um, uh, ever since I moved in, I took the cement out and buried it in there. Um, and uh, there's quite a number of improvements to it. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone up? Come on up. Question. Oh, there's one in the. So we're going to have another opening at the town hall thank portion. You, thank you. Hello. Um, Hi. My name is Gabriel Gonzalez. I live off Catalpa Road. I'm not sure if you can hear me well. Yep. Um, first, I want to say thank you for the consideration of, you know, from my understanding, this was mainly primarily for safety and for emergency vehicles and access to us. We really appreciate it. I wanted to make a comment now because I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to stay for the discussion due to being on call. Uh, I guess my main thing is when I look at these situations, I know we all enjoy Lathrop for privacy reasons and for the neighborhood we've all come to love. But what comes to mind for me is, you know, with these types of situations is how can we enact this in a way that it would benefit us, keep those things we hold, you know, dear to our hearts in regards to Lathrop, but at the same time, how can we financially find ourselves making this plan without it coming into different problems along the road. Some of these roads have been graveled, dirt. Um, we find that they haven't really been upkept for some time. And when we look at it, I can use examples of being cited for um, blocked sidewalks, which some of these sidewalks um, are unfinished. So I do think that this plan initially to me brings some concern in a sense that would this financially fall upon the citizens of Lathrop Village? Will this impact other budgetary plans we have. And another concern would be the infrastructure of the city in a sense that a lot of these places that we have here in these nooks and crannies to the city are not well lit. So opening up access would have general concerns of deep dark blackness among some of the residents, not just me, 
but for people who like to walk at night, which we have some wonderful Lathrop and Southfield um, residents who have daily and weekly walks who I've gotten to know and come to love them dearly over the, the city lines. But now we have them walking and transversing at all hours of the day. And my concern would be just general safety. If we open this up, will we be you know, addressing some of these lighting issues, these dangerous turns, dangerous access, and just the general public when we see traffic from the highway section, from even the residential sections, and how we can approach that both financially and in a manner where you know, we would find good even flow with not too much disruption of kind of what people have been sold about with Lathrop Village, but also without affecting certain residents to making yet more policies to kind of create a new situation to solve and we're still working on many other things that we've planned in the past. Again, thank you if it was mainly for safety and for, for certain emergency situations. We all obviously would like to have those individuals, proper, uh, individuals properly cared for in a prompt manner, but that would be part of my concerns is there comes a lot of opening these roads when particularly Catalpa, I don't know how you're gonna widen that road and some of these roads may not fit two-way traffic. So might be a little bit more to consider than just opening up the roads. Thank but you. appreciate you for listening to me today. Is there anyone else coming up to the microphone? Or he's gonna bring it to you. Hi, Kim Hodge, 27580, California Southeast. Um, two things, one, I'm a little disappointed because I thought this was only a town hall about the opening of the streets and I have to leave in half hour too. So normally I would be listening to whatever's being proposed and commenting afterwards, but I don't know if I'll have time either. So I'll just say that I'm against anything that increases traffic flow among our area. I think that we have a lot of traffic up and down Lathrop, especially where I walk every day and I don't think the residents there or even down by me really want any additional track. There's a lot of speeding, a lot of people going through stop signs already. So I think that this is about emergency vehicles only, but I don't know since I haven't heard it. So I'm saying nothing that increases traffic of the general public would I be for. Thank you. Um, the reason why this meeting was turned into a special meeting is because we did have a meeting on, supposed to have it what, last Wednesday? Um, unfortunately, I was out sick, another council person could not come, and it was just decided that we um, cancel it, and then uh, reschedule the special meeting portion, which I foresee that we probably would go through quickly, but, you know, I don't know what our time looks like any longer, so um, that's why it was postponed to today, so um, I thought it was already published and, and posted, sorry. Does anyone... He's going to bring the microphone for you. My ears are clogged, so I'm going to. My question is, though, I don't know about everybody else, but I'm here for the town hall meeting. I know there's a lot of my neighbors here for the town hall meeting. That's our concern. Can't we do the town hall first and you have your special meeting afterwards? Not um, that I don't care about you, but it would be a lot easier for all of us. Well, 
we could, and then we could just go through what our um, agenda is um, expeditiously, seeing that we've had the information in front of us for at least two weeks. So it should be rather easy for us to go through. So um, it should be easy for us to go through. Um, but uh, I will confer with Can I make a motion to move the town hall up on the agenda? Somebody has to make a second. It's been moved and second. Um, and is there a discussion? There was a discussion. So um, now I forgot what it was. So it, it's it's. I will confer with you all and uh, what you all think that it should be done. Yeah. I would like to see a robust uh, conversation around it and also give you all the opportunity to really respond. And I think that if we have something afterwards, it kind of restricts us. But that's that's the only reason why I would say keep it the way it is because I would like to see the conversation going but that's just you know, I'm open anyone else have it um, let's just go with the <laughs> the plan let's just go with uh, we can have postpone our second option what is that I'm sorry I don't have my agenda in front of me yeah we can postpone the special assessment role and then just have the town hall and we can reconvene Move town hall. Wait, are you, are you saying reconvene or, or do it after the town hall? You say do it after the town hall. Yeah, okay. Okay, roll call, yeah. please. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Councilmember Kinez? Yes. Councilmember Miller? Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. So um, we will be moving the, uh, the agenda where C will be A. And then everything else will be moving behind it. So the way that uh, is there any public comment still for? Yes, sir. My wife informed me that I misspoke. I was supposed to be coming, but please keep voting where I am. Okay. I understood what you meant. <laughs> I have it next to your name closed. <laughs> um, so is there any other comments for uh, anything that's on the agenda? This will be the special assessment, the sidewalk program. Yes, sir. Hi, Jason Hammond. Um, I, I just, I wanna hear what the plan is first. I think a lot of people that I've been talking to are jumping to conclusions about things like every single road that's closed is gonna be opened and that's part of the plan or only certain roads or, and there's no clear information yet about the intention of why the request even came up first. So. My, personally, I'm just trying to keep an open mind about what the reasons for the requests are to be taken into consideration. I'm curious about what potential costs the city might have to incur, regardless of which decision is made, whether to open roads or not open roads. Um, so I would just encourage people to keep an open mind, hear what the plan is, and then uh, hopefully the council will come to a conclusion that is consistent with what, what the residents want, but also um, supports whatever the intention of the, the fire department or any other entity that is supporting this uh, request, um, the reason why they, they brought it to, to the city in the first place. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? Okay, so then we'll go into um, the town hall. Pam, I think, went to do that. Okay. 
We're going to work on the air just in case someone else is shivering. So um, we will go to the town hall discussion. Um, I will gladly hand this over to Chief Menifee of the, the Chief of the Fire Department, Southfield Fire Department. There, can you, Bill, can you give him the microphone? So good evening, good evening. We, we did reserve the front seat if you guys wanted to move down there to see okay, the presentation, you. just I so that you're able to do that. So I'm Fire Chief Johnny Menifee. Um, I just want to clarify why I'm here, to kind of my preamble. I'm not here to say, just say open up the roads. I'm here to give you some information of, of a situation that has come up and me as doing a risk analysis of, of why I'm saying that, um, I, I, that, that we should have some emergency vehicle access um, in, in the city of uh, Lapa Village. Um, so I'm asking you as the gentleman spoke um, to keep an open mind um, and kind of to hear from the presentation of what I have, what I have going and and then be happy to answer any of your questions that you that you may have. Agree? Does that sound? All right, all right. So it, it's not so hostile in here. And so, so I'm not I'm not the enemy. I'm here for you, right? Um, yeah, so um, let's 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 get started. So the, the history the history and how we got here. I think it's it's good to give you a history and a background of of what I'm talking about, where we're and where we're going. Um, I, I I do better when I move around. So. Uh, please excuse me if I step in front of you for a bit. So Louise, Louise Lathrop back in, in 1924, we're talking almost 100 years here, right? Um, you know, got 1,000 acres, got 1,000 acres from the township of Southfield to create Lathrop Village, you know, so forth. And when we talk about, they, they talked about, oh, thank you, you know, an exclusive resident, residential community. We're talking about, um, uh, to close off certain streets and traffic in areas known as super blocks. These are the big major roads that, that cut through to cut down traffic, and the vehicles are allowed to do a limited in traffic. This, this, was, this was something that was talked about 100 years ago, and I just want to make sure that we, we understand the mindset. I mean, these things have been here 100 years. I get it, but, you know, we have to start thinking about 20 and 20, 2023 when we, we do things. I mean, the, the run volume, the other things that, are, that I'm going to talk about, um, you know, weren't around back in, in 1924. So keep that in mind. So fire protection. We've been, we've been doing the fire and EMS in Lathrop Village since 1960. 60, 63 years of, of great dedicated service to the city of Lathrop Village. So back in, let's say back in September of uh, last year, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's an act, the Public Act 399, water, the water permit, it's about fire flow. You have to come up with the fire flow and, and this should be. Last time we did it was in 2017, a reliability study. So we were asked to come in and to test the hydrants, to test and make sure that they're working okay. We had five breaks. We had five breaks in, five breaks in the system. Your system's old, you know, let's just call it, call it what it is. So, your elected officials and myself have to decide what to do, have to decide what to do 
with, with, with what's going on with the system concerning the water structure. Now, we monitor, we have, we have very good data. We monitor our response time, and the response time is where it is. So the national average is that line you see. It's about six minutes, six minutes of the time. That's where we are per the time of day. You can kind of see um, there's spikes. There's spikes when, when we have, like, you know, the morning rush hour, we have the, the going home traffic at night, but we're above that. We're above, our average response time is, a, is above six minutes right now. You know, and, that, and I like to get that time down. I like to get that information down. Sorry if I'm over here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step in front of some of you because, um, and, give them, and give them that avenue. But that's where we are statistically with, with, our, with our response time right now. That's this, everything I'm giving you today is just Lathrop. We're doing, South of Fire Department's doing 16,000 calls a year. Um, I'll give you the numbers for just Lathrop, so, because that's what we're talking about and that's what we're concerned with um, tonight. And my, like I said, and keep in mind, my job is to give you the information. And then you, with your power, will tell the elected officials of, of what you want to do. But I cannot not give you the information, the things that I see, and so forth. And so, that's where I'm saying, that's our, that's our numbers. So we run the risk for fire emergencies. Fires doubles every seven minutes, you know? So that's a big thing. And then with exposures, and exposures to your neighbor's house and other things. So we have th those things that we have to, have to watch, as well as the, the medical emergencies. Not talking about just, just with fires about these roads. We're talking about the medical emergencies. You know, the heart, time is muscle. So when you, when you actually have a heart attack or you have a stroke, those things are just like traumas. Like you hear about it like a golden hour. Anybody heard about the golden hour? From the golden hour? Same thing for heart attacks. Same thing dealing with strokes. You have that golden hour. The longer it takes for us to get into the city, just as much longer for us to get out and get to the hospital. This, this, is, this is one of those risk things also that we talk about. It's not just a fire issue and what's going on. It's also about us being able to get to you quicker and not. I got 29 years in the fire department. I spent a lot of time at 12 and Evergreen. I spent over half my career at that fire station. I ran more calls in Lathrop Village probably than any, probably any one of our firefighters that are, are responding there now. So I've been through all of it. I've been through the change of the street signs, you know, there. I've been just changing through all the roads that were once open, then I drove one day and then they were closed, you know, and how long it takes me to reach a person, like on Morningside, compared to how it is if that, if that access was open or not. Um, but I've, I've actually experienced it. I'm not just talking from a place of just as a fire chief. I've, like I said, I've, I've ran there over half my career. Mm -hmm. So this is what's been sent out. Now I, I prioritize this list. This is a list of the, of the access I would like for emergency vehicles in that order. There is no access on the west side of, the, of Lathrop Village to get in at all currently. You know, you have to go to 12 mile, you have to go to 11 mile to do it. And if I deal with 11 mile with 696, I gotta do the, the, the famous across the freeway, the, the Michigan turnaround to get, to get there. But these, these are the priorities of how, how I'll get there. And also like this, if there's a problem with your water system and problem with your hydrants, I gotta go to a Southfield hydrant. That's another reason why I wanna, I wanna look at open, open to these hydrants, because I have to go across that imaginary line to get to a different, to get to a different hydrant. But, the, but that's, I did this in order of what streets. Now this isn't every street, but these are, these are the, the priority list uh, that I would like to, uh, 
for you to consider. Here's the run volume. So we did 495 calls last year. 96 fires, 399 medicals. Now, because of HIPAA reasons, this isn't exactly where the incident occurred, you know, but you, because I know there's some on this map that are outside it, but this gives you a real good look of, of the medicals that, that, are, that are here. And these numbers are going up. You know, I'll tell you the statistics about um, how much we're going up, but these, this is an accurate of what happened last, um, actually, I'm sorry, this is, this is the, this is the uh, 2022. Correct me if I'm wrong, Captain. It's the 2022. My mistake on the, on the presentation, though. But these are the 2022 numbers um, for you. You can see they're pretty much, it's, it's, it's a broad area. There's, you know, it's across the city, north and south. Mm -hmm. So it's about re reducing the time, reducing the time for, you know, it hose lanes and I can trust it and, and trust and that we can trust the, the hydrant system and, and later. If, if not, I gotta, I gotta look at doing other things that, um, that's gonna keep, keep me and keep us off the news uh, of a tragedy that's, that's happening. Mm -hmm. So I just took a, I just took a, um, an area like Morningside. This is kind of, you know, I, I once had a, a gentleman that, that had a, that had a heart attack in this area. And that's why I picked this area because it's, it's dear to me. And you know the, the station's up at 12 and Evergreen there, just just west just west of 12 Mile, and I did this route. That was my that was my route, the six minute route, is what is what I had um, there, and that's that's normally what it takes if it's not rush hour. How what time will it take me to get there? If we do the 12 Mile, it's it's five it's it's um it's five minutes is what it is what is telling us that how long it takes. If we were to open up that one section here, you're looking at two minutes. You know, this is the time. That's, that's three and a half, four minutes of a person having a heart attack, having a stroke. So I, wanna, I want to lessen that time, you know, that I can to, to get to the person to, to provide them the care that they need. I get it. I understand people like their quiet streets and so forth. But at what risk? If this is an acceptable risk to you, three, four minutes, okay. You're going to decide that. But I can't, I can't stand up in front of the city and swear to take an oath to protect the lives and property of, of this great city and not give you the information. It's not, I, I get it, because I say, I've received a lot of calls on this and I know this isn't popular, but I think it's, it's value in you seeing, seeing what, we're, what we're proposing here. So probabilities, 8% increase in run, run calls to later, 19% in fire calls. That, that's a real number, and those numbers are going up. People are living longer, you know, so there's, there's more that's happening. And I looked, I looked in account with, with, with COVID and people at more at home, but these are, these are, on average, this is what's happening. You know, there's a lot more activity going on in Lathrop, but an 8% increase in your run volume, you know, that, that's huge, 19%. So, like I said, it's up to me to determine what is, what are we gonna do about this? What are the risks? What's the plan? What are, what are we going to do to try to uh, maneuver past this? And with there, I believe that there's there's some there's some common ground that that we can have here, um, you know, with it. And, and we have to we have to look at the life safety issue and the property conservation with it. I mean, you know, the 
the house in Lathrop and when they were when they were built and so forth they're built a little better they kind of more more um, plaster instead of this new drywall and all this they last longer but they burn they burn they burn deep a lot more a lot more overhaul and so forth that firefighters have to have to do it's something that we have to, we have to uh, to really think about these are some these are just some options and some some other things to think about you know when you do it these are actually in different places the top one I believe this is Ferndale you know they actually have uh, grass pavers over that where they can actually drive over and, um, and, get, and get to it you have the one way you have one way type street access to um, to different places you have siren activated gates are very popular in a lot of communities that the that the fire department or police department have access to to hit the siren gate goes up they go on through and gate closes that's a that's probably a possibility you have um, I know in Southfield we're doing these they're, they're out in Detroit but you, you have the, um, the the cushions or the chicanes you know where that slows traffic down and so forth my point is there are options you know I, I think you you see the increase of a call volume that that's happening in Lathrop I don't think these um, I don't think these runs are going to get lower if I take I guess my 55 to 85 year old um, year old um, my call volume from my 55 to 85 is 80 percent of my calls and that number is not going down by statistics that number is going to keep going up yes sir question you've got the property at 12 and evergreen what other station do you pull from to come to Lakeland Village? And why did Southfield wait so long to put another property closer to Lakeland Village? In their 38 years, one fire station. Okay. Well, How much money do we pay every year? You pay 670000 What's What's the second property that we would pull from? Nine in Southfield. Okay. What about what about twelve mile in Greenfield? Well, is that still Southfield? Well, no, my, my question is. You had a lot of wait, 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 wait. Let's let's take. You let him finish the presentation first, and then we'll go open it up for the questions and no. answers. Okay. I mean, you can we can we can get we can get to the questions. Like, I, I appreciate it, man. Right. No, it's all right. right. Oh, Madam, like Madam Brett, but I just, but that was a lot of questions there. So let's back up and take one at, one at a time. We pull from all the stations, you know, we're the busiest fire department in the county, you know, so we pull from, from, from every, every department. We have two on 12 mile. We got one at 12 in Evergreen. We got one 12 and just the West side of Telegraph. We got two on nine mile and, and the fire headquarters is next to the high school, uh, A&T on 10 and Lasser. Um, but we pull, we, we, we pull from those. It's, I mean, fire stations aren't cheap, right? I mean, they're, they're not cheap, and that's not something that we... What was the number one uh, intersection in Oakland County for uh, traffic uh, access and everything for 25 years? Well, I mean, you got Lebanon, you got Lebanon Southfield is one of them, is one of them. I mean, we got... We got 11 in Southfield. Yeah, we got you got 12 in Southfield. You got you got 12 in Telegraph. Those are those are, are big stations. Yes. Are those statistics included in your run statistics? What? Uh, runs to those intersections when there's accidents. Yes. Yes. 
Because I oh. want you to switch. I'm sorry, you're going to have to stay still. <laughs> Maybe that's better. Maybe it was me. No, I want to like, take yeah. Oh, they want my microphone. <laughs> Is this okay? I think you can unloop it a bit and walk around if you need to. Just I'll, to I'll, I'll leave it. Just tape to the floor. I'll talk later. How about you, gentlemen? Over there. Yep, we're doing that right now. Okay. Hey, Chief, thanks for the presentation. A uh, resident of Lathrop for over 35 years. I can understand that your option number one, you know, for San Jose coming in off of uh, Evergreen, that makes sense. But I'm having a hard time understanding all the streets that butt up to Lathrop Boulevard, because I would still think you would either come down, you'd either come down Southfield Road or you'd come down 12 Mile Road down Lathrop Boulevard. I used to be a resident on Lathrop Boulevard, and the cars back then, even with the roads closed, the traffic was crazy. And this is going back 25 years ago when I was there. I'm on the other side now. But that's, I guess that's my question. You know, why would you want those roads opened up if you would still be coming down 12 Mile or Southfield to service that district? Thank you. Towards the middle. So let me make sure I understand your Scroll down, it should make it. See, you're in protected view up at the top, so if you enable that. <laughs> something down here if I have to because I have I have I have um, yeah I have I have fire trucks gonna be coming up from this angle I have fire trucks that gonna be coming down from here I have fire trucks that gonna be coming down from here normally who's gonna be given the water supply is not gonna be the not gonna be the truck coming from 12 and Evergreen is here so I have to make sure that I'm able to capture water over here in these hydrants because 
like I said, when I tested the hydrogen, I had five breaks, right? The system, I can't necessarily count on the system that's going to work for me. I need a plan B, C, and D. Well, I want to make sure I answer. I'm not going to answer this. So it's not so much the logistics; it's more of the, the infrastructure. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to necessarily have to do a supply line that's going to go three or four blocks. I need. I need some intersections that I can that I can catch a hydrant if I need to. So, Chief, if I understand you correctly, the ones along Oops, east of Lathrop over here, here. <laughs> um, are because of the hydrant issues. That's a main, that, yeah, that's a okay. major concern. So what, is there anything being done to address the hydrant problems that we have? Yeah, I think they're gonna get to that after me. Okay. I think that's, that, that's, that's gonna happen, tell you what, you're, what, what the plan is. Okay, <laughs> that was my question. You know somebody over here, Hector, you your hands up? Yeah, Chief, what's the, what's the fail safe right now if one of the supply lines or the hydrants fail on Lake Boulevard, what what is the plan right now? I believe we spoke on the phone, and there's a, a tanker truck. I have, I have I've secured a tanker from another city. That if I get a confirmed fire, I have a tanker that's coming um, that's going to supply backup water. I'm carrying 750 gallons on each truck, but that may not be enough to put out a house, a house fire. If a house is really involve more than a room and constant that's not going to put it out so i have a i have a tanker from another city coming to to give us uh water to supply okay. so i have to ask everyone unfortunately to come to this microphone because uh, we can't pick up the audio from the chief so if you have a question if you can come up to the middle unless you have an issue with access to getting up here let us know okay that better. That's better. And I've had all my shots. I, I just got tested. I'm clear. So we're good. <laughs> all right. Chris Klee, 28-year resident. I live on Lathrop Boulevard. I've raised two kids here. And, well, my 17-year-old's still in the house. If the, if the question is about the quality of the hydrants, we just put a three-year millage in to replay, do our infrastructure, which I believe is getting fire hydrants and water mains and everything. So we should be solving that already. If it's about time to get there, Sorry, I'm biased, but thank you, Roger. We're not going to improve our response time on the right side, but I understand what you're talking about on one and six there, five, whatever it is. I can't tell. I'll empathize if the response time is trying to get to there, and I'll delegate to the people who live in those areas, but I'll empathize and say, I don't want traffic there. We have speeders. We have people to run stop signs. We have traffic problems on my street, Lathrop Boulevard, that I don't want to increase in any way, shape, or form, and I don't see this solving it. Okay. And with 696, we're at Beers South. It's already a mess on, I'm going to say the Catalpa, I think, is the second road, road north, where my, my neighbors complain of cut-through traffic. Roseland, they don't want cut-through traffic up there. They already said they cut it off 50 years ago because of cut-through traffic. We have a problem with cut-through traffic trying to go around stoplights. I don't want more of it coming from Southfield and Lathrop to get down to 696 going east. And I don't want it coming from 696 West up Lathrop Boulevard. Yeah, there's a do not turn right during rush hour traffic. Nobody listens to it. They go through there, they come up, they'll go up there and right because it's gonna be the fastest way to get there. We have mapping, pro. everybody has an iPhone, every use. You open up these streets to traffic, everybody will find it. Their phone will tell them this is the quickest way to get there. We're gonna suffer for it. 
So I don't want it. And I can keep going. I can look for other things in here and find them that I put in my notes, but this isn't floating for me. But thank you. I appreciate you're looking for our, well, for us. Yes, and, and Don't want it. if I can just interject just a second here, um, this is information for you guys. This is not a decision being made tonight. And the whole purpose of the town hall is to hear uh, your opinion. Um, if we didn't want your opinion, we would just make decisions without you. And that's not what we want to do. We want to make sure that our citizens are heard. So I get the frustration in your voice, but don't shoot the messenger up here trying to bring the information to you so that you're informed. And, and can help council make a decision. I thank you for your service and everything. I appreciate all you're doing. So if I came off as impassioned. Nope, nope, nope. I, 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 I get that you, everybody is, you know, passionate about the streets that you live in, the culture that you live in, and all of that. I just wanted to make that comment. I'm just, I want to, I live at the corner of Lathrop Boulevard. Oh, I live at the corner of Lathrop Boulevard and Golden Gate. I have a four-way stop that I can see from my kitchen window my living room window I have a four-way stop two blocks down that I can see from the kitchen window I have a two-way stop at California and Golden Gate that I can see I can't even tell you the traffic that goes shooting through those stop signs we've got little kids in our neighborhood not a lot anymore but we do have them it, I can't even imagine what it would be like if, and I'm, without disparaging anybody, if the people that live on the other side of Lathrop Boulevard in Southfield have access to cut through to get to Southfield Road, because it would be so much easier for them to do that than it would be to go down to 12 Mile, which is their cause right now, which they have to do. Also, Catalpa has one house on it to cut off that this thing, I, I don't even understand it. There's one house on Catalpa. And what would happen is, because it's a clear shot to get to the Southfield, um, the Oakland County Medical Place. It's a clear shot to get to all the soccer fields. The traffic that would be coming through to get to Catalpa on this tiny little road, and the gentleman that was here before lives on it also I, I just I'm just amazed that that's even an option to close these streets we and also I do invite you everybody here if you would like to watch people run the stop signs I'll turn my couch around you can sit in my bay window I'll give you coffee and you can count the number of stop sign runners we have Thank you. Hi. My name is Dennis Kingsbury. I, live, I don't live anywhere near there. I live in San Jose. What, what's the connection on the, between opening the streets and the, the uh, fire hydrants? And why do you need the street to be open for a fire hydrant? Because it's a different system. I mean, Lathrop is a closed system, you know. So I can I can get out. If I get out to these hydrants, these are um, these are hydrants that I I made to get to as for Plan B. You know, your hydrants may work, they may they may not. I have a tanker, but 
If I need a hydrant, I know that I can go to those hydrants and those are trusted hydrants. So what, I, what we've done is that when we come to you and prioritize these is that we put them kind of every other opening so that our, rel our relays that we have to do with pumpers for how long the stretches will be to get water, that it wouldn't be as long. But can't you just carry the hose over the, over the? <laughs> it doesn't work like that. <laughs> I mean, when you when you have five inch, six inch hoses, and now you're putting, you know, hundreds of gallons of water through them, you can't move those hoses once they're once they're, they're there's water in them. They won't. They can't be moved. I mean, it's it's water, it's. There's not water in them while they're being moved. Well, once you once you do it, put water in them. I mean, that's that's it. But. Mm -hmm. Hi, good evening. My name is Lori Hagan. I am the only house on Catalpa in Lathrop Village. Thank you. <laughs> My neighbor's driveway is um, across the street from me, and um, but his address is actually on Lathrop Boulevard. Um, I can tell you the increase in traffic if you were to open up Catalpa would be immense because I've seen, I've been there 12 years, and I have seen on the average five or six cars a day that pull up, even though it says dead end street at the end of my street, they still think they can get through, pull up, turn around in my driveway and have to go back around. Other, other traffic, tons of cars a day coming from the, um, from the Southfield side trying to get through. And because Catalpa runs all the way down through to Royal Oak, many people will be using that as trying to get around taking 11 mile or 12 mile. Now where, my, where Catalpa comes out and joins Lathrop Boulevard, it is not a 90 degree intersection. It is a hard 45 degrees intersection if you wanna turn south and it's a, you know, a 100 and, yeah, thank you, degree <laughs> angle if you wanna turn north. Um, when I first thought that this was going to be about uh, trucks being able to get through from the east side, um, there's no way that a truck would be able to make that left-hand turn onto Lathrop Boulevard if they were coming from the east. But I don't think Southfield Fire Department has any um, stations on the east side that would want to be coming from that direction to get to Lathrop Village. Is that... Well, we don't we don't have stations over here to the mm -hmm. to the east over here, but they may have to come. They may be they may be coming from over here. I understand that you're you're technically here, correct? Correct. Right. I know, but you're not the only place here. I mean, you know why this? Because if if we don't, we can't get to this hydrant, we're going to have to try to go here, up here, or or down here mm -hmm. to to these hydrants over here. It's not about just your house. It's over right. here. And, and look, my. my I get it. I understand the traffic and the increase like this. My job is to, to tell you and to show you the risk. Here is the risk. Here is what could possibly happen. Yeah, it's all fine if it's not your house, but what if it is? Like I said, yeah. we, we've increased 19, 19, you know, 19 percent in, in the fire calls, you know, here. I mean, that that's what it's that's what it's about to say. Hey. Here is what's happening. Here is what's predictable. Yeah. If it's pre if it's predictable, it may be preventable. But I have to have a better plan 
on what to do if something happens. I get it. You're the only yeah. house there. I know exactly where your house yeah. is. Yes. But it's about once we pass your house and, and, and where we have to go and I to. I appreciate that. This is, this is not a me problem. It's a Lathrop Village problem. Um, and again, you're talking that it's more about the infrastructure. It's about being able to get to the fire hydrants. Um, there's a fire hydrant at the base of my driveway, and if that didn't work, I can only imagine what you'd have to do to try and run a line to somewhere else. Um, and the same thing for other people living up and down the way. Um, but again, that's an infrastructure thing. I don't know that the issue, I don't know that the, the solution, I understand you're looking for the best solution. I don't know that that is opening up the streets to be able to reach a fire hydrant so much as it is fixing the infrastructure in Lathrop Village so that we don't have to worry about that fire hydrant is it going to give you what you need to put out a fire. Hi, I'm Gabriel Gonzalez. I'm her neighbor. I live on Catalpa. Um, you know, I come with this with an open mind. Um, I get just a few questions. Have you ever faced a situation like this before? Did it come with success, timeline, cost, uh, any road bumps that you may face with this that we may be aware of that would come into play on something that may lean on us as residents of, of Lather Village in terms of cost, what to expect? Have you I mean, dealt it, with these types of situations where you're opening up roads that have kind of... Well, I mean... Mm -hmm. I'm talking about emergency vehicle access. I understand. I mean, it's when I hear is I hear is just open up the roads. It's, no, it's but I mean, how like, I, just get rid of the block. Just get rid of well, the block. Look at the road. Look at how everything's set up in the city. What do what comes with that logistically when you analyze kind of physically what you're dealing with at these dead ends? Well, we're still just in the talking phase, okay. right? I mean, we 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 started. I started looking at um, started looking at trying to price out some of these different ways of possibilities of of of, of how we can how we can do this, right? I mean, you have siren activated uh, gates, you know, you have um, different different avenues and how to how to um, how to get there with this. But I don't have any um, prices. That's going to be up to the city and how the city decides to. Well, I guess I'm mainly here to say thank you for your presentation. Um, obviously, I'm more for the safety of everybody, but. For the city, I would request kind of a detailed look at those things that um, some of these roads, when we look at them on paper, this is a beautiful presentation of how to analyze something, how to solve a problem on your end. But I think the biggest roadblocks that you have is not the physical roadblock, but it's just, I don't think it's possible at Catalpa without really knowing a lot of details on how that's going to affect the costs and how we're going to get it done reasonably. And it might be a barrier to, to, to me agreeing with in the sense that I've been asking for that road to be fixed for quite some time. I've had a truck bang into um, the dead end on one end, and I had a kid go 60 miles an hour, which I had to go take care of until the EMT got there. Um, I see a lot of problems. I've had people get stuck in the mud on both corners, hit the signs twice. She may see my face a little bit too often complaining about it, but. I've been talking about just general safety, that road in general, and some of the other ones down the line, that's an R problem that we need to get fixing, and this whole scenario is an uphill battle to me. But I appreciate you coming in with this presentation, and just that's the one roadblock I see for me mentally is it's going to be really difficult, but we want it to happen for you. So thank you.
I'm Joy Powell, and I live on, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, California Drive Northeast near Golden Gate. And um, I know there's going to be an, an immediate response to why you can't do this, um, which will probably be cost. But we have solved the road problem. That's been solved for a really long time. And I'm not sure it's the solution to a problem that has to do with water hydrants. I. I'm very naive on the topic of water hydrant infrastructure, but um, it seems there must be, if we think outside the box, some way, I don't know, we share school systems with Southfield, why can't we add another hydrant over, <laughs> connect the system? I know you said it was a closed system. Well, why is it? Does it have to be so in every on every street that it's a closed system? Are, are there some other solutions that directly address the problem, which is the fire hydrant, having really nothing to do with the road, it's the location of the fire, fire hydrant. That's my comment, thank you. Hello, I'm Gabriela Murphy, I live here now since 1976, so these are 47 years. And not once, now it may be tomorrow or the next day, not once came the fire truck down my street, even though I'm apparently not even in the list of uh, closures or openings. I'm on San Rosa close to the barriers. And when we first bought the house, it was a great reason to buy that house because we had three young children and they were only the people who were living on that end of street. And that was very, very beneficial to us. Now, I have an eye. The street has an, a fire hydrant directly on the side of San Rosa from Laysop, not even on Southfield. Perhaps that's why you don't open it, but I can tell you the traffic will be ridiculous even in the little streets, not only on the bigger like Catalpa or so, even on the little streets, I see so many cars coming down, have to turn around because there's a barrier. And if it is open, kids will run into the street, we will have more accidents or almost accidents, and I don't think it is worth it. Thank you. If I speak too loudly, I'm sorry. It uh, comes from the fact that I haven't been speaking lately, but I was a singer and uh, tend to try and project. Uh, I want to eliminate one falsehood that's been going floating around and that was that uh, the, the streets on the Lathrop, off of Lathrop Boulevard to the Southfield side 
Uh, some of those were open 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. That's all nonsense. I've been here 45 years and they've been closed the entire time. Uh, if to me, if it's a, a water main issue that has to, uh, first off, I have a fire hydrant in my yard, okay? If it's a matter of the pressure, not being able to take the pressure for those hydrants, it, it's affecting the water main, I'd say, let's consider the option to fix the water main. Uh, if it really is a, a, a cut-through issue for, uh, uh, for access, then I would say minimize it and gate it. Uh, and by minimizing it, I'm saying maybe one between 11 and 12. I can understand the evergreen things. It's not even residential on the other side. One factor I haven't heard mentioned by anybody, I mean, I live on Laser Boulevard. My house directly backs up to houses on Southfield. We have a friendly relationship. We have a gate. I have a double thing for going back and forth with them if there's any reason to do that. But I got to tell you, all those houses along the abut, our houses on Laser Boulevard are about $200,000 less expensive. And you open open access, you may begin to affect our property values on Lathrop Boulevard. And as a, a person who's getting set to retire, I don't want to see my property value plummet because we're suddenly equalizing with Southfield. Okay, uh, that's probably all I got to say. But I, it, it's I understand water pressure. I'm a I'm a mechanical engineer myself was a program manager for building a billion dollar complex out in Auburn Hills. So I'm familiar with mechanics and pressure and so on. The fact is, if there's a pressure problem, let's fix the pressure problem, not go over it to use a system in Southfield because it's newer as a backup. Let's get both of them on the same par when it comes to water pressure. That's it. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit emotional about that. You can tell I would sort of, by the way, I've checked with other Lancer presidents. There's nobody on Lancer Boulevard that would vote yes on this. Nobody. Hi, good evening. Uh, my name is Krista McClure. I'm actually a new resident of less than one year. And I think where that red dot is on the southeast side of 696 and Southfield Road would be like right where my house is. Um, and so my question, I'm neutral, right? I believe that all people have an equal opportunity to life and if you have to move to get water appropriately there, I understand the need for that. I think there's a greater need just from my understanding having moved in this city, have already really started to do work and work with the civil engineer to like understand like the main water line that runs you know, right there south of 696 the great need for an infrastructure around our water system. And so I would ask that the city of Lathrop Village really consider a true study of that. In addition to our actual um, infrastructure as far as like our roads. Um, I can only imagine, again, if that dot is where I think it is by my house, um, there's only actually one home on that, on that, on that street, it's Meadowbrook. Um, I'm on Coral Gables and Meadowbrook, so I sit at the corner. Um, my only fear would be, like others have conveyed, certainly there are folks that blow through that stop sign. Like what stop sign, like it's not even there, that's fine, we can tolerate that. But to have the freeway 696 
literally is exiting right where the entry point of Meadowbrook would open. And I can tell you right now, my house already sh like shakes because of the semi trucks that come off of the road. So there has to be, I think, some level of partnership and study through the, the interstates, right? Through 696 and the Southfield Road, I think before we consider looking at the infrastructure of whether it be Meadowbrook, or it even sounds like Lathrop, or even this street over here, Evergreen, can the mass automobiles that would be moving on these streets, can they, are they actually built to sustain and to hold? And again, particularly with us with 696, because there's also a gas station that is soon to open right there at the corner of Coral Gables as well, and Southfield Freeway. That is all. Hello, my name is Gary Roberts, and uh, my husband and I moved here in 2016. We're on California Drive Southeast. Um, I've lived in many different states and a few different countries. And when we moved here, I have to say that I was horrified at the lack of access into our neighborhood for emergency vehicles. Um, and having lived here since 2016, I can tell you that the south access, there's one single access, that's Lathrop Boulevard. And that is impossible uh, during any type of rush hour and often during the weekend. Uh, I don't even try to go in and out of there anymore. Um, I've already had one person run across and turn left in front of me and smash my car a couple of years ago trying to get out of the south end of Lathrop Boulevard. Uh, so that's just a death trap. I've seen traffic on Southfield Road so backed up that they block my road all the way down from 12 mile on rush hour times, um, especially when there's other roads being worked on in the summertime, like when they worked on Greenfield last year. Uh, Southfield Road was crazy, then they worked on Telegraph, then Southfield Road became busy. Um, and I think uh, the other thing here that nobody has mentioned, um, and in your presentation, I believe it was about three out of four response calls are really for medical emergencies, are for ambulance. And an ambulance can come from any direction. If they're coming from Beaumont, if they're coming from Nine Mile Hospital down there, or some other ambulance service, they can come from any direction. And I personally don't want to be laying on my kitchen floor dying, waiting for an ambulance to be able to either get into the south end of Lathrop Boulevard or the north end or through the traffic on Southfield Road and not to be able to get to my house for five, 10 minutes instead of three minutes. Um, and I think this kind of access uh, we need to do, we need to figure it out. Um, but to a community that isolated as we have access, we have basically two points on north-south, no points on the east, and we have Southfield Road to deal with which I know there's also uh, upcoming, at least I've seen the plan, I don't know what the timing is, but they're gonna be major construction on Southfield Road, putting in medians, putting in Michigan left turns, um, all up and down Southfield Road between 11 and 12, or between yeah, 11 and 12 mile. So that's gonna be another point, there's not gonna be easy access for emergency vehicles. So I think we need to come to some plan to have some type of uh, at least, I don't know, one or two at the minimum, but some type of access from the east to get into this neighborhood uh, because we're cut off and I don't want to be dying on the floor of my home because I moved here to retire and I'll be here till I drop dead. 
so which some people might hope is sooner because I know I don't have a popular opinion here but um, you know my neighbor was extremely ill um, and she actually passed away from cancer a year ago so you know there are medical emergencies there are times that happen and I think that we focused on hydrants here which obviously the city has infrastructure problems we had problems with the roads we have problems with the water uh, everything's been allowed to get just the city's getting very old and nothing's really been done for infrastructure Thank you, sir. Um, but I think thank uh, you but but your time is up okay. we're, we're on a three but I think limit. just emergency vehicles and ambulances is really 75% of the access problem not hydrants and, and fire trucks at thank this you Hi, my name is William Daniels, and uh, my house sits, I think that's the number one right there on Evergreen, and, uh, and my house is right there. Uh, we built that house in 99, 2000, because this was a quiet, nice place to live. Now, when we built that place, that road right there off of Evergreen was open for construction, and I told the builder that I wouldn't move here unless that was going to be closed off. And we had to come before, and so the people liked it. It was open. They could come in. And we had to come before this council to get that promise kept to close that road off. Uh, at that time, everyone in that cul-de-sac had kids. Of course, they've all aged out now. But people going through there, they would hit 35 or 40 miles an hour coming off of Evergreen, going up to Rainbow Circle, and, and, then, and then go on around wherever they're going. It, it was horrible. And uh, so we finally got it closed off. And, uh, you know, it, I understand what you're seeing about, I don't know if you can do about access. I mean, the way our roads are, they're circular, they're off and angled and all in terms of an emergency vehicle. But uh, in terms of fire, uh, I just know that we don't really, we, <laughs> we have a petition from everyone that lives in my cul-de-sac that should be here, if you haven't seen it already. Um, Jamie Taylor uh, has, has all our signatures about that remaining closed. And uh, if you don't have it, I'll make sure you get it. Thank you. I'm a long-term Lathrop resident, and Lori Coons, and I just have a couple questions. What I'm not understanding, I hear the people don't want it open, but you're saying we need to open it because our, um, the amount of calls you have to make to us have gone up, and, but you still have to use a fire hydrant in Southfield? Um, as a back, yeah, as a backup. I mean, I mean, like I said, we tested the hydrants we test the hydrants. Um, How is that better? Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so when we tested the hydrants, they, they failed. We've, 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 we've had those issues, so we have to come up with a backup plan um, for that. And, and the medicals, and I, I get it, as the last gentleman said. I mean, you know, Lord forbid you have, a, you have a heart attack here. We're coming from up here. We have to come down here, go around here, come around here, come here, and, and get you. That's the risk I'm talking about. If, 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 that, if that risk is okay for, because of 
you know, you don't want the traffic and so forth, or there's some medium. I mean, that's that's the decision that you're, um, that the, the residents are going to have to make. Um, but I'm here to show you and tell you the risks. Here, here are the call volumes. Here are where they. Here's where it's happened. It's pretty much all throughout the city, and and here's here's what we have to do. Yeah, if 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 the hydrants, if the hydrant system fails, I have another backup. But if not, I have to go to a I have to go to a sulfur hydrant. Do you know exactly how many fire hydrants are not working? So when you go to the fire, if you if you know you have to get another hydrant, it's a it's a close it's it's a closed system, right? So if you have a break somewhere in this, I mean, I'll still be sucking. I could be sucking um, the sediments, you know, in it, and then that that tries to get sucking into the truck. So you have dirt, all that. But then you also have if it's if it's leaking or going somewhere over here, then the water pressure over here is low, you know, over here. So it's a whole close closed system. The system is. This is one system. This is all one, one system. I mean, it's it's, and, and so if I'm probably, um, you know, probably Scott can talk more about the water system if, if need if if need be. But that's the issue. That's part. But it's it's about the medicals too. If you have a heart attack, you have a stroke, you know. I, I get it. We've we've had them closed for so long. But you're saying it's the number of calls that are increasing that make it hard to just and, get to us. And period. they're going to keep increasing. I mean, as far as it, we're, the baby boomers, we're living longer. We're living longer, better medicine. You know, the, the, run, the runs are going to increase. I mean, mm -hmm. like I said, my 55 to 85 year olds, that's 80% of our calls. And then that's, that's what you see statistically. That's what you see across country. And, it, and the statistics show that we're living longer and that we're going to need more, more medical attention. Things, th these things are happening. But do you, did you say you know in advance which hydrants don't work so you don't well, set them up and then waste time on that? Well, if, if it's anywhere, if any, so if there's a break one place, it's going to affect the whole system. It's not just where one hydrant, one, one hydrant is if one hydrant isn't working. You know, I mean, if we go to the next hydrant, it's still a break in the system. We still could be sucking in dirt and elements, you know, in, into the trucks and, and not working. Once, once it... You know, once that breaks over there, the, the water pressure over here is, is lower. We have to go to a sustainable, reliable system. Mm -hmm. But you really don't know until you hook it up if it has pressure or not, correct? Well, that it's going to work or work properly, correct. Okay, so there's time wasted there. So maybe if we could identify which hydrants don't work, that would help. I, maybe I didn't explain it correctly. That you're not, I'm you're like, not I am not getting I, it. I, I know it's one whole system. So it's really infrastructure and fixing the water mains. That's part of it, the yes. Yeah. Below, that's what we right. really would solve our problem. Okay, I just don't understand. Let Thank me try, you. let me try one. No, I get it now. I'm, I'm just want the water problem to be solved. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Chris Onichu and I lived in uh, Lathrop Village on Lathrop Boulevard for 35 years. And uh, just a couple of observations. In the 35 years that I lived here, I've seen one fire in our area. Um, maybe you had fires on the other side. Don't know about it. I guess the uh, red things that we have on the street that says fire hydrants are just for show and tell. And that's the stuff that we got to fix, not the openings of the roads. Because I don't see the relationship between 
a fire hydrant and a heart attack. Because normally I would get probably an ambulance from uh, Beaumont Hospital that doesn't come from you. I mean, there's a lot of other avenues to get for heart attack support than having fire hydrants working. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I think Can you correct it, me on I think that? You're looking at it. I think you're no. looking at it differently. Uh, oh no! I mean, just tell me how many. Uh, what's the increase of fires in Lathrop Village in the last five years? Why? Well, what? No, in the last five years, not last year. Give me a it, ramp. It has increased. It, I mean, uh, what is? You want the exact number? I don't have the exact number. Just with give me but I, Yeah, I'm a business analyst. You know, past performance is not indicative of future results. But I've seen one fire in 35 years on the east side. The east side of Southfield, one fire, 35 years. But doesn't one fire matter? Oh, it was done in uh, 30 minutes with our fire hydrants. It was two houses from, my, uh, from where I live. I understand your, oh, so, yeah, I understand your, if, if that's the acceptable risk, that's the acceptable risk, I hear you. But I gotta, I gotta, I gotta let you know what the risk is. You're not telling me what the risk is. I, I can, Excuse well you're asking over the last five years, yeah. right? Okay, I mean, I can get those numbers for you. I can get those numbers. Sure. Well, I can get those for you. I don't, so, I don't have Excuse me. So what we're going to also do, because it's not just about the uh, fire hydrants, I'm asking uh, Scott Ringler to also come up here to be able to talk to you all about what's going on with the hydrants and the, and the water meters and things like that so we can bounce these <coughs> questions off of uh, both of them. Uh, thanks, Chief. Scott Ringler from Giffels Webster. I'm the city's consulting civil engineer. Uh, you guys can have a seat if you want. This will be a couple minutes. Uh, I just wanted to talk about the, the water main system uh, in Lathrop Village. As the chief said, it's a closed system, uh, and, and that's typical because you don't want you don't want connections to other municipalities for certain reasons. One's metering. Two is. Uh, uh, bacteria and issues like that that could go from one municipality to another. So they're typically all closed-end systems. So uh, the city has, excuse my stats, about 30 miles of water main in which about 18 miles of them are 1950 and older. So and, and a lot of them are approaching almost 100 years old from the 1920s. Uh, these are cast iron water mains. They're 6-inch, 8-inch, and 12-inch. Uh, the little issue you have with cast iron water mains is over time, the six inch water main, the water pulls out the iron. So now that six inch water main is three inch water main. And the fire hydrants go on, you see all that brown water? That's the cast iron coming out of that pipe. So you're, re you're reducing a lot of fire, not necessarily pressure, but flow. So the city has one meter, it's down here, this is where Sakwa's water main comes. And then from here, there's three pipes that go underneath 696 that feeds everything south of 11 Mile. Uh, and then the majority north of 11 Mile is fed up Southfield and down uh, 11 Mile. So, you know, envision a fire up here. 
you got to get water from here through a network of old pipes to feed a fire hydrant. And by the time you get water up there, it's really reduced in flow. So uh, it's, you know, the city has good static water pressure. It doesn't have good residual. And that means when you turn on a fire hydrant, that static pressure reduces to a residual. Uh, and that's what the fire department does is they, they turn on fire hydrants, they look at static pressure, residual pressure, and then they come up with a, a fire flow for each of them fire hydrants. So. Uh, in 2017, we did a, a water hydraulic study, and we came up with, with different areas of the city that are really low in fire flow protection. And them are the areas the city's been working on. Uh, so, so far, they've replaced, I'm going to screw up some of these roads, Wiltshire, San Rosa. Uh, they just did Golden Gate this year. Uh, 2017 and 18, 18, 19, we ran a brand new water main all the way up Santa Barbara, across Roseland and tied into the water main on 12 mile. So the goal there was to get a lot more flow up here and out into the residential streets. Uh, going to Chief's point, a lot of these fire hydrants are tucked back right next to uh, guardrails, really difficult to get to. Uh, because, you know, they got to, I don't know if you back down them streets or full, pull forward, but they're very hard to get to. So, and them are all dead-end uh, fire hydrants, so there's no other hydrant. And that's why the chief's saying, you know, he needs to know where backup is just for reliability. So, uh, as far as uh, improvements, the city has about 200 fire hydrants. Bruce, you might have to correct me on my stats. Uh, the capital improvement bond is going to replace about 120 fire hydrants. So that isn't just taking old ones out and putting new ones in, but we did a gap study. Some, some blocks are really long, and there's no fire hydrant in the middle of the block. So we're putting a brand new one in there, uh, you know, for fire reliability. Uh, gate valves, I think the city has about 250. The city's replacing or refurbishing about 160 of them. Yeah. And then as far as water mains, uh, the city's been doing about a half mile a year. Uh, you know, realize water mains cost about $250 to $300 for every foot to be installed. It is not a cheap process. So uh, trying to make strides, uh, like I said, last fall, the Southfield Police De or Fire Department assisted the city in doing fire flows. I'll be honest, I think we did too many in one day. Uh, we put a lot of pressure on that system. Uh, the city had water main breaks a mile away from any fire hydrant that was open. And typically that's water hammer. So once you open up hydrants and close them, you get this water hammer effect that traverses through the entire city. So when they did their fire flow testing, it was basically this side. Uh, and they actually had water main break over here. So that water hammer really travels far. So. Uh, I think that's about it as far as the water system. Uh, I mean, I'd be happy to answer questions that you might have for the water system. Sure. Um, my name's Anthony Bennett. I live roughly where number four is. Um, and my question is pretty simple. And I think there's some inconsistencies when you're talking about reliability and risk here. The people in the middle of the map there don't have any access to any tested systems. I've got one a block away from me. Isn't my risk lower than them? Because you can go 300 feet and hit a fire hydrant that you know works. 
guy in the middle of that map, he's got no access. Well, so I say we did a gap study. Typically, you want fire hydrants 500 foot apart because they carry hose. Well, they carry a lot of hose, but typically you want it right. 250 feet from a fire hydrant to your house. But that's not the same. But isn't my risk lower than anybody else in this whole city? Well, it could be. I mean, there's a lot of fire hydrants in houses. And but I'm next to Southfield. I have access to a fire hydrant. Well, so yeah. why open my street? It's probably well, more for cheap. Right? <laughs> I mean, if I can get to it, you're saying you're up, you're up here by number four. If, yes. I can, if I can get to it. I mean, there's a block here, right? I can't get to that necessarily get to that hydrant. Right? The guy in the middle of Lathrop can't get to any of them, ever. Well, I understand. I mean, I'm, I got Southfield, I got Southfield row two here, so I can right. use hydrants here, but like I said, I don't have well, access. Sure you do. It's it's oh, a there's a sidewalk. There's a there's a there's, sidewalk. There's a yeah, there's a railing. You haven't seen it. How much how, how much staffing it would oh, take? but okay. Let me tell you, a guy in the middle of this map. What backup system does he have to get water? Well, Zero. I, I got a tanker. That, right. That's right. What, okay, I've got a fire hydrant 150 feet away. I, I mean, I, I, I've got less risk than anybody else in this place, don't I? Okay. I, mean, I, I guess I don't. I, I I'm not explaining. I agree to disagree. I mean, I, I hear what you. I hear okay. what you're saying. But All right. That's my only comment. Okay. Hi, my name is Michael Floor. Um, I live um, over here on over by Chris here, <laughs> <laughs> California Southeast and San Quentin. Um, Everybody's here made some really great comments. I, my, what I want to add a little bit is on the traffic flow. We add more points of entry into Lathrop Village. You know, we, now we've got the Dutch boys taking his finger out of the dike in the dam and all the traffic's gonna start flowing through. People that want to get easier access into Southfield, easier access off or even off or out of um, onto and off of Southfield Road. Um, we just did a three mil bond for quite a few years to replace all our roads. And now we're looking at putting a lot more traffic on them. Um, and that's what I want us to consider here. Is it not, it's just not residential traffic, but you've got a lot of commercial traffic, delivery trucks. There's a lot of big trucks and they're the ones that pound the roads, right? consideration. Thank you. Hi, um, my name is Tom Bayer and I live on Lathrop Boulevard. I've lived there for 22 years. Um, I've almost been wiped out a few times just trying to get my mail from people speeding down, not paying attention, blowing stop signs. I'd probably been wiped out a lot of times, but it's not my job to get the mail. That's my husband's job. And I don't think that there's a clear understanding of what's going on here. I think you're trying to fix a symptom and not a problem. And I think there's two different problems here. One is access for EMS reasons. And another one is something to do with poor water pressure in the system. I think we need to address each problem with what makes the most sense to make that happen. I understand if you're in the middle of there and somebody can't get in when you're having a heart attack then let's address that situation. It's not a problem to get into me. And if there's hydrants there, 
but I've got to open up streets and increase my danger on the street that I live on to create more calls because that was the answer instead of fixing the hydrants. I'm not really sure I understand the thought process here. Well, this isn't an easy fix. The water problem is an easy fix, right? I mean, this is, ain't, ain't gonna be, well, well, hold on. I mean, you know, everyone's got, got their turn, how we're doing it. Um, but it's not, a, it's not an easy fix. It's not, a, it's, not it, it's gonna take time. To but I think what's being proposed is the easy fix. This is, no, this is a band-aid. This we, don't is a, want we don't want a band aid. Well, no, we don't want a band aid. I get it. But this is the Let's fix the problem. Hello, Frank Solinsky. I'm on Lathrop Boulevard, just near the end of uh, Catalpa. Um, have you made a similar presentation to the people of Southfield on the other side of the barrier? No, I have not yet. No. I've walked the barrier on several of those streets and talked to people that are on those dead-end streets on the Southfield side, and they were surprised that this was even a consideration. They like their little privacy just as much as we like ours on this side. So I didn't come across one single person who, was, who approved of this or even thought this was a good idea on the Southfield side either. Karen Breen, uh, Lathrop Village, Lathrop Boulevard. Um, we all appreciate when police and fire can get to us when we need them. We need your help, we want it. Um, however, I have been um, living in Lathrop for 22 years and it's the most compassionate community I've ever lived in. And I'm sure it wasn't your intention, Chief, but you keep alluding to the fact that if we're willing to live with the risk of people dying and getting heart attacks, then that's on us. And I, I just think that that's inappropriate for you to say something like that because we're talking about traffic flow from 12 Mile and Southfield into Lathrop Village and ambulances have easy access there. So. It's not about emergency services or police being able to get to us. It's just about water flow. So please keep your references to us accepting the risk of people dying in Lathrop. To, please don't do that anymore. That's very offensive to me and I'm sure to a lot of people here. Thank you. Well, I, I apologize because it was not meant that Okay, let me, can I respond to that? Sure, I, I, I apologize, it was, it, was, it was not meant that way about that. My, my whole intent today was to tell you about the risk of how, if you have a heart attack in this area, if you have a, a stroke of this, in this area, the, the possibilities of what could happen, the risk, the risk factors. Not saying, putting it back on you, but I'm saying, hey, this is, you know, I got a lot of calls about this, you know, beforehand and so forth. You know, so it was, I, I, I already knew what I was walking into, so maybe I'm being a little, I was being a little defensive in, in protecting myself, but my, my thing is to give you the information. And that was the, the whole intent today. I didn't come here to, to say, um, necessarily say, it's, it's, it's the residents. This is who I work for. This is, 
this is, this, these are the choices that we're at. We're, we're public servants and so forth. My job was to give you the information. So I hope that didn't get lost in the message. So it wasn't about, you know, well, hey, if, if this is how you feel, you want this risk, then that's fine. That's not how it was meant. So if it was, if it was um, taken that way, I do apologize. Uh, it, was not, it was not meant that way. Um, I've served this city for, you know, 29 great years. I hope to serve it a lot more. Um, so nothing I have more dear than, and that's what keeps me up at night is the citizens about here and about trying to protect them. So I do apologize if, you, if, if that came off wrong. It wasn't meant that way. it this way because um, they can't do the uh, Zoom. So I have one question and it's coming from Patrick Simpson. It's a couple of them, so I'll, I'll pace myself with this one. How will the decision about street openings be made? Is this a city council decision or do the affected residents have a vote on this issue? I'm a resident right now. I'm just reading. So. You're, you're not the mayor now? You're not, you're not the mayor? How this so goes. it's gonna. I mean, I, I don't think this is something that we can make a decision with like today because it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen next week. This is something that I think we need to have more uh, town halls about. I need we have to have more discussions about. Um, I don't believe it's gonna go to the citizens for a vote per se, but that's something that I mean it could, but it's not gonna go this year. It's not gonna go. You know, there's time limits of when you can put things on a ballot. So um, and that's kind of kicking it down the road if we do it that way. So these are all the things that we're gonna have to discuss and hopefully we can also discuss it collectively. That's my roundabout answer, I guess. Who is gonna pay for the potential street openings? I live on a dirt road, Sunset Boulevard East, and the city does not do a very good job of maintaining it. I accepted that our streets would not be included in the bond project, even though I was specifically advised it would be in, in the vote whipping prior to the ballot proposal, but find it unacceptable that our street might be open as a dirt road. What is the plan to interest, address increased traffic? B, as an analog to 2A, more of a comment, I'm absolutely unwilling to pay $1 towards opening my street, even if we are forced to open them. When will the exact details come about this plan? I guess that's back on us again. <laughs> again, we're gonna have to have more conversation from this. This is not gonna be one and done situation. That's quite obvious. It's not gonna be a one and done. Um, I think that from, and I, I'm speaking completely out of turn for council, but I think the whole point was is when it was first approached to us, it was to bring it to you to give you the information. Part A, it's probably gonna be a part B, C, D, E, F, G. So this is just first step got some more steps to do. And so I just wanted to make sure, we just wanted to make sure that the chief actually came and gave the information that he gave to us instead of us giving you third party information. Based on the number of people that showed up, and I'll say a pretty consistent feedback you got, why is it gonna go past part A? You, you heard, nobody wants it. Let's be done. I can't say that, so let's, 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 how about this? I'm looking here and I'm saying it's about 30 people, 30, 40 people in here, right? There's over 4,000 people that live in Lathrop. So this is a handful. Honestly, even though it looks good, there's a lot of people here. This is still a handful. I think the right thing to do in a democracy 
is that we make sure that we have these conversations and that we are all educated on why this is even on the table. So there's no decision that's gonna be made tonight. There's no decision that's going to be made tonight, nor at the next council meeting. So we will have probably another opportunity, maybe on a Saturday, so we can get a fair sampling of everyone that lives in the city because this might not be a good time. I got feedback where people wanna be here and they couldn't be because of the timing. We have people that were supposed to be on uh, Zoom and on Facebook Live and they aren't able to because it went down. So there's a whole, there's, there's more to it. And I, I personally would feel uncomfortable if we made a conversation or we made decisions or even have more, con no more conversations with just the sampling that we have here now. So keep in mind that there, there's, there's a, a lot of analysis that still needs to be done. There are ways, potential ways of solving this issue without changing anything. So for example, uh, the chief talked about the, um, the siren activated gate. So we can put a gate on, it's going to money, and we would have to figure out where how to pay for it. Never needed a mic, but I'll use it anyway. Um, but but keep in mind, I mean, there there are potential solutions that can take place that don't change anything. The streets would still be blocked off. People wouldn't be able to drive from one end to the other. They would have fast access. So so th this is this is going to be a, a process where where council is going to have to discuss this. We're going to have to talk about you know what those options are, and then come back and say, hey guys, what do you think about this? So this is this is as, as Kelly said. You know, this is just a, a way to get the information out, so you, it's kind of the first bout of information for you. There's a lot more analysis that has to take place. This isn't going to be done like that. So, just wanted to. Uh, I was. You you said siren activated gate. Is that like? A border crossing gate? Is that the kind of... We didn't of even get to an opportunity to talk about <laughs> the options that that's we have. Uh, so that's, that's another thing that we still have to talk about. Yes, we have a lot of issues, or we are talking about opening streets. We have not even discussed any type of options of what we could do. So, I mean, again, step... Yes? Why don't we address the issue? About forty million dollars. That is the issue. I mean we I think the city engineer has actually already addressed that. Yeah. It's it's a cost issue. It's about forty million dollars to completely redo the system. What we're gonna do is that accurate, Scott? Million dollars a mile. Million a mile. 30 miles, so $30 million to redo your water system, which the city is doing, the city is doing, but it doesn't have a magic pot of gold to pay for everything. Step one, town hall, we're doing it. Step two, we're gonna have another town hall to discuss it some more, because again, everyone should have a say or to be heard and this may be not a good time for everyone to be heard. Everyone has an opportunity to be heard in this, about this situation. This isn't a good representation for the size of the city of Lathrop Village. Um, I think if we 
I actually am surprised and think it really is, even though most of you probably live on Lathrop Boulevard and are going to be the most heavily impacted. But if my good friend and neighbor Chris hadn't told me about this meeting tonight, I would not have known about it. So I didn't get the e-blast. I don't know. And I think if I was someone over in the middle where the EMS problem is, and I heard this was a thing about opening the streets to Southfield, does that affect me? Not really. Just those poor people over on Lathrop Boulevard, the streets that cross it. So I think part of the why that you know what we see here is of how it was communicated so far. Of what what are we talking about here? What's the what's the issue? Was, uh, so yeah. I'm not. Was that a question that you wanted me to answer? I wasn't really sure. I'm sorry. So okay, let's let's stay on let's stay on like point for a second. It was communicated because believe me, if and I at our last meeting there was numerous people at our last meeting that's not here right now. Can we do better with our communication? The answer across the board is about everything we can do better when it comes to communication. But we're here now, right? And so now, let's just say at our next meeting, our next town hall, which will be in the next, I don't know, three to four weeks. So now we all know that in three to four or in a month, we're gonna have another town hall. Perhaps my thoughts are, this is just me having ran by the council, to have it on a Saturday. So then you have more people here. It's just one thing that I, I, and this is personal, I guess, is because I read something in our packet and we keep talking about the sampling of how many people show up and they're the ones that make the decision. I personally think you need to hear from more people and make, uh, uh, make decisions based off of a diversity of people that show up. A lot of people that I see here always show up when there's something that's going on. Give opportunity to other people to voice their opinion. We are gonna have another town hall regarding opening the streets. Hopefully, at the next meeting, we could get to talk about if we open these streets, what's options that we have. If, we, if I never said we're opening the streets. If we open the streets, what's the options? You know, so. curious about the overall time frame. You say there's going to be a meeting in a couple, three weeks. Are we talking six months before decision? Are we talking a year? Are we talking two years? Do you have any idea? Are we just going to go with the flow and figure out the analysis? Is that? I think we're just going to have to figure out the analysis. I'm not sure. This was more informational. It wasn't something, and I'm asking, this is a form of a question. We um, are not on a time limit, per se, to get these things done. Or to consider it, I should say. No, it was, it was a, I was totally right to give, give you the information, and that, that's what it is. So it's up to the city with a timeline on, on how we want to move forward. So, yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask. Uh, just, just a moment. <laughs> it only runs so fast. Hi, I, I wanted to ask the uh, gentleman there that got so knowledgeable about our water system. Uh, I imagine you're doing like triage to fix the ones that are uh, the worst, but uh, how soon would it be that uh, the water system would be, uh, you know, what's our overall timeline for doing the water system? Oh, that's, that's actually a hard question because it depends on the dollar bill 
uh, at a million dollars a mile, it gets really expensive. Uh, we do have a five-year plan. Uh, actually, it's a 20-year plan, but uh, five years is pretty kind of solid. Uh, and that's doing about a half mile of, of water main every year. So I don't have a great answer, uh, but we do, we do have specific projects we're looking to do. Uh, this coming summer, we're doing Glenwood from Santa Barbara to, I believe it's Sunset or El Dorado. Uh, we're also doing a little portion of Bloomfield. There's no water main there. We're putting a brand new water main in, hoping to add some loops and some reliability. Uh, we're also looking either this year or next year to do San Diego. That would be from Rackham all the way over to uh, Stanford Court. So, you know, them, them are the next three projects that's going to happen over this summer and or next summer. Uh, again, once we, uh, this spring, we're going to work with the Southfield Fire Department, try to do some more fire flows so that we can work on our model and see how, how much the new improvements have helped the city's water system. Uh, and, and then we'll be able to you know, look at that and pick some more projects moving forward that's gonna benefit the, the entire system. You said your model, so I'm, I'm just seeking to understand if I... If I understood, when we tested it last time, we broke, we created five breaks? Or yeah, is there, it there to was, try and find the weak spots in the system? No, or where, no that's what not what fix. we're trying to find. <laughs> uh, no, when they did the fire flows in the fall, yeah. we had five water main breaks over a period of about two days. So we caused the breaks or we detected the breaks? Caused them. Okay. Is there... Two quick questions. One of them was, did the fire chief finish his presentation? I wasn't clear, okay. And then the second question is, uh, the, the blockades are between Southfield and Lathrop Village, so who is ultimately responsible for those blockades and removing them? If they're removed? I mean, is that just a city of Lathrop Village decision or do we, go to the city of Southfield and work with them to decide to remove them? Actually, I'd like to address this if I can. Um, we have been meeting with the city of Southfield to be able, I'm, I'm Sue Montenegro, by the way, sorry, I am the city administrator here, if you didn't know that. Um, we have been meeting with the city of Southfield to discuss this. And one of the things I believe, if I'm correct, because it benefits both sides, both uh, Lathrop Village and Southfield, if those streets are open, it would not be just a cost that would be borne by the city. That discussion would need to have further discussion, just as all of this is coming about. It's not something that is written in stone at any point in time. It's just trying to find a way to solve an issue that is before us as a community. I'm not sure I understand. Southfield Road for 25 years. Southfield Road for 25 years has been, we've had this uh, somewhat discussion about the repair, the changeover. It was interesting to hear from the gentleman uh, in regards to information that he might have heard somewhere. But 
How does that play into the long term? We've been talking about this for 30 years. Now we got water problems, which we know, but how much is that based upon the north-south from 696 to Southfield to Birmingham and only having one fire station at 12 and Evergreen? On, on, on the Google map, it doesn't even show the fire location there because that is a pretty small building. Is there a way to put one over? If I'm over on Southfield, over by Greenfield, I, I'm really concerned right now because how the heck, who takes care of me? Is it Berkeley? No, it's us. I mean, we're, we're your, that's station three right there at 12 and Evergreen. That's your closest station to, to you. But, but I, I think we're getting off topic here a little bit, you know, from the discussion that we wanted to have tonight. The topic is that we need to have more access. If I'm dying and I've got to wait for 12 and Evergreen, there might be someone off of uh, 11 miles from location in Southfield, because Southfield has the money. We know that. <laughs> so, let's stay on yeah let's just stay on point for this one right now because that's a whole nother discussion now we're talking about raising new buildings and things like that that went to i mean okay so let's pause let's take all this in of what we learned tonight and then let's get back together i would say in a month that sound good <laughs> i mean I, I, i'm 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 and um and when we get back together what are we going to discuss we talk about we've talked about a lot here tonight yeah, i can't tell you that i followed any of it except my own particular interest and so when we get back together are we going to do this again so when <laughs> are I'm we going to have some things that we want to talk about exactly with some concrete options for us to discuss and to ruminate about i think there needs to be bullet points of what we're going to talk about and stay on point um, one thing that I feel as though everyone needs to have their voice heard, and I think that that's what we did, however you want to speak. Uh, I think the next one needs to be where, um, you know, what streets are we talking about? You know, um, having the actual, having uh, data to, to pass out, uh, have options of if this goes through, what does this look like? Maybe even pricing if we want to have uh, what is those things? And the other thing that I foresee somebody getting in a car accident and destroying the street. But those, you know, we, yes, I think, and I hesitate to say this, which I know if she's behind me, she's gonna roll her eyes, but I think that our staff will put together a nice little uh, power, not a PowerPoint, but a bullet, bulleted presentation that we can all talk about so we stay on point. Does that sound fair? Yeah. In a month. Um, on a I Saturday. I stay on um, the corner of a villa and Lather Boulevard, uh, which is, uh, I would say, a very dangerous intersection. Pretty much is what it is. Um, I've had to replace my mailbox twice. Um, my neighbor across the street, dog, got hit by a car. Um, and when those items were brought up, we were told that we suggested speed bumps. 
Uh, we went to meetings uh, at the Panera, had a meeting about speed bumps. We were told we couldn't afford that. So now you're saying to open these streets and to uh, either put a, a gate or a speed bump, you know, the, proposing that. So that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, we have a very bad traffic issue on Lathrop Boulevard. It's just, it's terrible. And, um, you know, I was told, you know, more people are working from home, so it's more noticeable. You know, that's why we're getting increasing calls because people are working from home, which has nothing to do with my mailbox being hit twice, my neighbor's dog got hit by a car, or any of that. So I understand they want access to water on the Southfield side, but um, you also have to understand you're not, you don't live there, so you don't see and you don't have to deal with dodging traffic. I mean, on Halloween, some of the kids were almost hit by a car because cars come speeding down Lathrop Boulevard. So I don't understand how that makes sense. And then also I would like to know, how do you have a discussion about who's gonna pay for what if there was no decisions made? It was just, it's discussions. It's, we're putting everything on the, just putting everything on the table. At right, this but point. It, had, it, it wasn't but, even presented to us in order for it to move forward to even have a discussion about I actually think it's really proactive to figure out if there's an opportunity where if we have to open streets, it's an opportunity that Southfield will share in opening these streets. I mean, so, I understand so that. I think but that that was a more of a proactive uh, move just to see what the options were. This was, again, just to make sure that everybody's voice is heard. Um, you all were heard very clearly that, you know, you don't want the streets open. But now let's talk about what does that look like if we don't? What does that look like if we do? We understand that there's a speeding problem. The street I live on that goes straight yeah, from we 11 had, miles we had to that 12 discussion. Mile, right. that's 696. So I understand um, about uh, the, the speed issue. So we have various things that's going on and we'll be here all night to talk about the various things that's gonna happen when the main reason we're here tonight is just about for emergency purposes, only of opening the streets and for you to know the information that the council heard from the fire department. That's the only reason no decisions have been made and we haven't even gotten into the whole traffic uh, right, issue. But so there is so many different layers that we're still gonna have right, to discuss. I understand that, but the question was, how do you have a discussion about something? So. It wasn't presented to us that there was a discussion with Southfield on who's sharing cost. That was just something that she said and what she just stated. So I think if there was a presentation to, fully, to be fully transparent, it would seem that she would have mentioned that or said that uh, in, you know, in, in, in the- We apologize, we didn't say that up front. I have discussions about updating my house because I'm going to sell it. My husband has no idea until now that these are the things that's going on in my mind. Some things that's kind of just slip your mind that, you know what, oh, I forgot to say. I, and I, I'm totally just, you know, maybe throwing But one head. last thing about the communication about this town hall. Um, you, you posted on the Facebook page, I believe it was yesterday. It's been so. posted. I did, I personally put it on the Facebook page because I just wanted to make sure that everyone was here because I've gotten personal emails that you know, about when we were gonna have this discussion. So I took it upon myself to put it um, on the villagers. It was already on, 
the city of Lakeland I'm not on villages. villagers, but Pardon? okay. But the last thing, the last thing, on the communication, it didn't mention anything about the streets that they were uh, considering. So there was on the town hall communication, there was nothing to indicate what streets that they were proposing to open. That's why we were having the town hall so we could kind of talk about what streets were were there because one thing if we put streets on there I'm sure that would have been just it would have but again this is what I'm saying I promise to you we are going to have another town hall to discuss this there's so many different layers to this I understand um, I understand how residents feel I mean I'm a resident so I get it I get about the speed I get about all of that we get all of this so it's just to, to allow us to hear you, and we're going to do it again so you can be heard, and then we can have more data, because I know a lot of people, he left them um, once actual data. We can have all this information. Yes, sir. You're welcome. Uh, I'd like to say that uh, uh, as the water pressure system, you know, I don't know why anybody's not talking about Biden bucks, you know. Actually, we you're talking about the ARPA funds, and believe it or not, and this is why. Well, I there's don't a whole lot down, of money. I don't want to go down this road because it's going to open up a whole other discussion. You know. But literally, we just sat down with our congresswoman on Friday to talk about getting additional money from the federal government. Please. Can we not go down this road right now? 30 because, million is a drop in the I mean, bucket. It, I'm just telling you that we are trying to do options. We're trying to figure out ways to get money into Lathrop. And the first step coming from the federal government, we just had that meeting with uh, Congresswoman to leave on Friday. So we're trying to over, overturn, over, under whatever. I'm sorry to get my cold back. Um, so yes, we are looking into Biden, <laughs> <laughs> Also, I'd like to say to uh, my neighbors on San Jose, San Quentin, Catalpa, Amelia, Arrowhead, Redwood, and Roseland, uh, believe in eminent domain. We're talking into the wind about them not uh, opening those roads. Thank you. We're gonna stop it right here. Um, I think we. This is a good place to stop. It's a good place to stop. Okay, go ahead. Uh, thank you, Council, for bringing this to us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chief, for coming. Uh, it's very helpful. Uh, I would find it interesting if we could get a little deeper dive in those statistics you had. Uh, maybe a triage on the uh, emergency calls and the fire calls. Of the fire calls, how many of those calls did you pump water on? Is it, you know, I mean, I think there's people lived here long, a lot longer than me. I mean, I can think of two houses where there's been fires in five years. Well, less than that, really one. The house in the woods was years ago. Those are the only two fires I'm aware of where the water was pumped. So, I mean, that can help us understand how much money we should spend per year. For instance, do we spend a million dollars a year when there's water pumped once every 20 years? Helps us understand the cost benefit value. So if you could provide some triage numbers, that'd be great. 
Thank you all for coming to the town hall. We are going to move on with our agenda right now. So if you would like to be here for the, um, thank you, the special assessment, please stay. But I have a feeling everyone is now. Um, and just one thing before you leave, if you have not uh, done the test to determine what your pipes are made out of for your water meter, Please see Bill in the back. We have a little packet for you that you can test at home. There's uh, information, there's a link there uh, that you can go to and upload your information. If you've already done it, thank you. But if you have not, please grab that piece of paper back there with Bill. Okay, so we have everybody back. Hate to put a damper on it for everyone, but we're gonna continue on with our meeting. Please feel free to stay here. Susie Steck. So um, now we're going to move into our <laughs> action request for consideration and approval. The first one is going to be the set, uh, special assessment roll number 2022-01 for 2021-2022 delinquent sidewalk, 2021-2022 delinquent ditch and culvert, delinquent 2022 nuisance cuts. This was uh, something that was tabled from our last meeting. Sue, do you want to go ahead and introduce it? Sure, I'll, I'll start it off, but I'll ask Pam if she'll come in and continue to talk about it because um, she is uh, much more uh, well-versed about this. Um, this is just simply um, uh, our ability to be able to add this to the summer taxes. Um, anybody that is delinquent on this uh, gives us that ability to add it to their tax for the summer going forward. The final list will come out in April. Um, we hope that uh, originally our plan was to have uh, the date that people could pay uh, on this until February 28th. Um, we'll probably have to extend that out just a smidge more um, because it did have to come here tonight. Um, but that is, uh, Pam, do you have a date in mind? Do you want to stick with the, the February 28th? We have to get the mailings out right now. Um, maybe extend it a week. Just to give you a little bit of brief for the council for the members. Lift it up a little more. Yep. Just to give you a little bit of brief for the council members that didn't know about the process of the whole thing. Back in December, we send you out a list. That is the list that we're sending so we have to send out the public hearing notices. In January, we send out the public hearing notices. That's when the residents have time to come and to dispute their bills or anything like that. Then after you normally after the January meeting, we send out the letters right away after that. 
and ask for a February um, 28th deadline for the payments to come in. Um, if people pay like a week later, we will still remove it from the list. Then in April, because it takes us time to look through the whole list, we have to look through everybody's accounts. We have to check each one. If they made a $100 payment, we have to remove that $100 off their special assessment list. If they made $50 payment, we have to remove that. And people will make $100, $50, $100, and we have to go down and to move, remove those off the list. So we've always asked for the February 28th date because getting into the end of my tax collection season, March 1st is getting ready for settlement. Then after that, we go to April. In April, you get your final list. This is what is going to the tax roll. The thing that um, I heard back before is I put them on the tax roll. The county does not put them on the tax roll. I put them on from my office. I do the tax roll with the water bill and everything. Once that's done, the only go to the county if you are delinquent on paying your taxes. So if you didn't pay your taxes, let's say we're in 2022 right now, anything I put on last summer on the tax bills, if you don't pay your taxes before February 28th, March 1st, they go to the county. After that date, I can't do anything with it. It's at the county level. You have to pay the county because you're paying your taxes there. You also have to pay your special assessment there. So that is how the special assessments work. I do another, once you guys finalize the list in April, before I take them off the system and before I put them onto the taxes, I will run through that list one more time. If anybody has paid it off, I will write, I keep your full list that went in April, but I will write next to it paid so that it is paid off, or so that portion does not get to their taxes. But we do that and so it's a process. I mean, right now we've got a lot more because we have the water, we have the sidewalks, we have the ditch and culverts. We have all that going on right now. So that is the whole process of the special assessments. So did that answer your question? It's a little more than yeah, you needed, but. It, it answer mine. <laughs> it's a little more than what you needed, but that's how the special assessment I appreciate work. that. Um, someone will make a suggested motion. Yeah, I'll make, uh, make a motion to... First, uh, got to make a motion to take it off the table. Oh, can you make a motion to take it off the table? I'll make a motion to take the special assessment roll uh, for 2022-01 for 2021-2022 uh, off the table. Need a second. second. It's been moved and second. I don't believe there has to be a discussion regarding that. Roll call, please. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Uh, Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Councilmember Kinez? Yes. Councilmember Miller? Yes. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Motion carried. No. Now I'll make a motion to uh, approve the uh, special assessment roll 2022-01 uh, for 2021-2022 for delinquent sidewalks, uh, for 2021 and 2022 delinquent ditch and culverts, and delinquent 2022 nuisance steps. Second. It's been moved and second. Is there any uh, further discussion? Yes. We had a lot of people that were at the last meeting complaining about all the issues, and we that's the reason we tabled it. What has happened? in that time to address any of the issues that this is back back before us well, i can i can tell you anybody that had payments and they have contacted me we took care of it the late um the one resident that was here that said that her bill was she paid it in full actually she did pay it but she paid it in um or january of 2022 she paid off the estimate she did not pay off her original bill so what had happened with her bill is that the special assessment system wasn't even up and running yet. So it didn't get applied to it. 
they didn't, uh, whoever took the payment didn't get the payment to one of us so we could put it in there. She called me the next day. I went into the cash receiving, saw what she paid, applied it to her thing, and she even got $50 back because she overpaid. So, and you'll see that on the next disbursement report. And there will be a report that comes out to council um, as well on those that did speak that evening uh, with their concerns that they had as well as follow-up that staff has had with them uh, going forward. So we have been addressing those. And the other thing is you did ask if we would give them, I will give them another week. We will put in the letter that we will give them one more week to pay the special assessments. And is there anything I questioned, uh, original bills or statements letters had names on them? The uh, notice about the public hearing had a, a parcel ID number and resident so I mean it looked kind of looked like junk mail so I'm wondering how many people you know didn't so even I, pay attention to it I did look that up because I told you that I got it with my name on it and when I, I looked at it it comes with your parcel and your address but when you open it up is directly um, no my mine had my name on the envelope the first with the first letter they might have did that, that the issue was that it was only a parcel that you had a concern with. It was what? The issue that you spoke about last week was the fact is that it only had the parcel. Right, it did. The, it said a parcel, parcel number and and said resident, yeah. So which one? Your, your the first on one, there was a letter that was sent out with the initial information that had a name and address, not, not a parcel ID, just name and address. And then the follow-up for the public hearing had a, a parcel number. I mean, so that's just the way they did the labels that time. I don't know what system they, they, whoever did the labels. Um, I did not do them personally. They you probably mean a staff took, person. Some of the one of the staff people. Okay. It depends on how they did it and what system did they take it off. Did they take it off the water and sewer? If they took it off water and sewer, that only goes to residents. Right. If they took it off the sidewalks, then that goes to a person's name. So it's just the different systems that we have. And we can't do water, bill, water and sewer bills into people's names because of the, the recession and all. Yeah. No, it's because of the, um, the, the property, the, the name and because it's a postcard, it's not sealed in an envelope. It's a postcard. So we cannot put, we had to go through and change them all to resident or occupancy. So that was something we had to do back. I want to say probably six or seven years ago. So that's another good reason for a CRM that integrates all of the information. Is there um, any other questions you have? Hearing none, roll call, please. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Councilmember Kinez? Yes. Councilmember Miller? No. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Next up is the sidewalk repair program contract Southwest. Look, this is not Southwest. SW 2023 <laughs> extension. <laughs> Who would like to introduce that? Um, I'll introduce it. Um, this is uh, brought back to you again this evening um, uh, to extend the contract with uh, KD Cement uh, to continue the third year. Um, they have only asked for an increase of 2%, bringing their total up to 175, 271, 19. It's an increase of $3,436.69. Uh, please keep in mind, as was shared with you at the last um, at the last meeting, that concrete alone has gone up by 17 percent. Um, I know, and I hope that the intent is not uh, that it would go back out for rebid um, because it would come in at much higher prices. Um, but uh, 
one thing I will say is that uh, staff will be working additionally hard to um, make sure any issues are addressed um, that are brought to our attention. We will have that as part of our pre-con meeting with uh, Katie Cement on some of the issues uh, to make sure that these things are addressed up front. And um, again, the information that was brought or the, the concerns that were shared at the last meeting, they are being addressed as well uh, with those people that express those concerns. We are working to, to meet that. Thank you. Who would like to make the motion? Uh, motion to approve the sidewalk repair program for the contract SW2023 extension. Hold Second. that thought. This, there also needs to be a mock up. Oh, first, yeah, and, you know, I forgot you. Okay. I had it written down. I, I, I need to do table. that. <laughs> motion to uh, take. Uh, line item B off the table. Second. Okay. Roll call, please. Councilmember Kinez? Yes. Councilmember Miller? Yes. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. <laughs> motion carried. Okay. Again, motion to approve the sidewalk repair program contract SW 2023 extension. Second. It's, moving. it's been moved and seconded. Is there any discussion? And I'll start it. So um, there's two things I want to say about that when I read this. Um, I don't think that it matters how many people complain or are concerned about something that we need to listen to what the uh, residents are saying. Um, again, it's so you can be heard. It's not necessarily that something's going to be changed, but it's to be heard and to be acknowledged. And like even what you were saying about uh, one of the residents who was on the list and she wasn't, she shouldn't have been on the list, it was corrected. So uh, I'm just a little bit concerned and what I kept hearing today and the number of people complaining, it could be one person and everyone else cannot, maybe can't show up to be able to voice their concern. Um, the other thing is, and, and I'm saying this very, very gently, is that uh, both Scott Ringler and Sue, if going forward, I would hope and I would expect to be much more oversight on what's going on with um, the repairs. Um, I think that would just, you know, just to be present and to give an, I mean, I know you all give an update, but to be present more, I guess, because that's something that I, I heard from uh, our last meeting. Um, and then my last thing is, I know as a government entity that you're supposed to go with the lowest bidder. I'm never a fan of that. <laughs> I never have been a fan of that. The best person, the best company should be the one that's considered. Um, and when I suggested to table this, this is personally not anyone else, it was simply to have KD submit here, not necessarily to be raked over the coals, but sometimes you have to hear what your customers are saying so you'll have a better idea of how you're gonna operate going forward. That's the only reason why I wanted to table it because I wanted them here to hear from their customers. I personally do not want to go out to rebid because I already know I have an idea of what that would look like. That's all. Yeah, and the only thing I would add to that, Kelly, is just to take the lessons that we've learned from last year and move them forward, which you know we talked about at the last meeting. And you know, once you go do a street, don't go back, you know, that kind of thing. I guess, so I guess I do want to ask, did you guys reach out to KD Cement after we had the meeting just to see? They were not available for tonight. Well, in general, have you had discussions with them and letting them know what 
Um, any, any time that we have had issues that have come forward, we have conversations with Katie. Um, I know that um, both Scott and Susie have been in conversation with them throughout the whole project. Um, the thing that I'm hearing uh, from council is, you know, as, as was stated earlier tonight, the need for communication uh, to continue. There's always room for improvement. Um, and that is something that will truly be discussed in depth at the pre-con meeting with them. Um, but overall, looking at the project itself, we, I'm not trying to discount uh, those that did have concerns. If I were a citizen and that happened to me, I would want to be heard as well and know that I was heard, so I do agree with that very much. Um, but there were a lot of people that were very satisfied with the work as well. We will continue to have conversation with them and make sure that um, uh, we stay on task and make sure that we come back and bring reports to council uh, frequently as well. Well, okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, I guess second, do you, Scott, Susie, do you guys have a plan on how to stay in contact with them? The punch list, you know, do you guys have a plan initiated? Have you guys discussed that? Are you planning on discussing that? Do I sound crazy? I don't know. <laughs> don't sound crazy. Uh, but I mean, I'm in contact with KD probably daily. I talk to them uh, during construction. The punch list, whenever I get it, is updated uh, daily. I mean, it's updated. I go and check on these things personally. I cross them off personally. Uh, and just to add to that, I mean, Scott and I are pretty much um, best friends for <laughs> the entire construction season. Um, so. I am regularly talking with Scott when I have, when I get emails, phone calls, you know, residents coming in, um, talking to them. I am almost instantaneously talking to Scott as well and saying, hey, have you, re have you spoken to this resident? Well, you know, we need to connect on, you know, this and that. Um, and, you know, I'll circle back with, circle with Scott, circle back to the resident and, respond in that way so that we are I'm giving complete answers that I've you know made sure to communicate with uh, Scott Ringler I mean we get regular communication from um, the front office staff as well so we are in very regular contact with each other about these these issues and complaints and concerns that we got from residents so while I, I can appreciate that you all stay in constant contact but there is a disconnect between residents, you two, KD, and the residents. So there's something that's missing between there. I mean, and I don't know what that is, and that goes back, I know we have a communication issue, and yes, we, I know we have to get a, a CRM or some type of uh, program where we can keep track of all this, but in the meantime, you have to figure out a way to um, stay on top of all, all of the complaints we have, because obviously some have slipped through the uh, cracks. Sure, I mean, it happens. We do our best to resolve them. Thank you. Yep. Anyone else? Well, if, if I could add, uh, especially to Jill, and my goal as a consultant is always to return calls within 24 hours. Doesn't always happen, there's days I'm not around, but I do really try to, to touch base. You gotta with get the complaints. Once I get them, it's yeah. usually a quick phone yeah. call. I get that. Now, to ask a contractor to stop all his production work to go back in the north part of the city to do a little landscaping is a little difficult. 
we want him moving on sidewalks. That's why most of this is, is landscaping issues. Uh, they get put on a punch list, they get taken care of. A lot of times it's towards the end of the contract, which KD was 12 weeks, so yeah, I get it, it's a long time to wait, but uh, we do try to stay on top of them, make sure that they're documented. I, I think I got about eight of them still open that he's gotta go back and do. Um, most of them are irrigation. Uh, these guys, you know, they start ripping concrete, they're ripping six inches each side of that sidewalk. They don't see them sprinkler heads. They get pulled, you know, then, it, then it's hard to put them back and figure out how it works because uh, all that piping's underground. I mean, it keeps going back to the number one thing is communication. And, yeah. you know, that's something that we all um, need to work on. Yeah. As far as oversight, Mayor, uh, you know, I kind of looked. Uh, I had my inspector out there about eight hours a week. Oversight's expensive on these projects. Okay. Uh, so, you know, one, I'm trying to keep our bill down for, for the city and the residents. Uh, you know, if you want more oversight, I can do that. And I'll work with city staff to look at that budget. And then again, that is, it's gonna be a communication. We gotta figure this out because it, it's where, it's not just the, you can't oversee something you don't know is wrong if you're not getting that information. So, I mean, it, to me, it's a deeper uh, issue than just oversight. I think there is, you know, the, the telephone game Somebody's dropping a ball somewhere down the line. So. Do you have any suggestions? A communications plan. At the. Okay. No, I, I, and I shouldn't be, uh, be mean like that. But no, we as a group really need yeah. to work on a communications plan. I do have some ideas that I would, you know, I'm just going to bring up it later. Okay. Um, because until we can get to a CRM, or get into some type of uh, software that we can record all of this, we gotta do something to stop this hemorrhaging. Okay. Yeah, I think at least, like once you know that there's an issue, like someone needs to reach out to the resident and let them know at least that you know that there's an issue. And like, I think that's really what the residents want is just some, just to be addressed affirmed and things of that nature so i think if you guys could really work on that um piece it would really help ease the the residents minds about this whole sidewalk plan and um so i think yes we all as a whole need to work on it but i guess we're counting on you guys to make sure that this does not happen next time because we're about to we're talking about approving them and although i know that um, cement is almost double than what it really should cost right now. We need to make sure we have a plan in action to make sure our residents are taken care of. Like this is just, we're concerned if we're just hoping you guys can see our concern that we're like discussing approving this contract and we have all of these residents complaining. But also we know that the cement is expensive so we just wanna make sure we have a plan in place. Um, if that makes sense. And I'm willing, of course, you know I'm willing to help you find solutions always. I may not have one right now, but I will work, <laughs> I will work with you to get that. I just want you guys to know um, our sentiments, and that's all. Thank you, Councilman Jennings. Is there anyone else? Yeah, at the um, last meeting I, I asked, I, Giffels Webster gets 15 to 17% off of the projects. I don't know what that covers. I asked for a list of 
the management responsibilities of Giffels Webster to see what kind of things are they supposed to be taking care of, what things are the responsibility of city staff, what does that look like? And then I also asked for a report um, from Giffels Webster with uh, follow-up plans for uh, addressing the issues that we've had over the last two years, what plan is in place to make sure that those same things don't happen going into the third year. I didn't get that and wanted that before we were voting on this again, but. Any other questions? Hearing none, roll call. Councilmember Miller? No. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Councilmember Canez? Yes. Motion carries. Thank you. So now we'll go to um, public comment. I'm open at this point. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? <laughs> and I have to excuse myself. She has to go to the bathroom, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the restroom, excuse my language. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're gonna hear about that. <laughs> With your permission, I'll wait for her to come back. Oh, okay. okay. So why don't you ask somebody else to come? Yep, we'll let somebody else go if you wanna wait. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, Jason Hammond, and uh, I'm here to beat the dead horse about the communication plan. So it's uh, come up several times tonight, even just a minute ago. Um, it would be great to see any sort of action on it, even an appeal to residents of, hey, if you want to participate in solving the problem of establishing a communication plan, let, let us know. Uh, even a proposal to establish some sort of a uh, resident involved and staff and council involved committee to start the discussions and documenting what should go into a communication plan. Um, anything, just to get the ball rolling, because all I've heard up to this point in over a year now since this council was impaneled is communication needs to improve, but no action to actually improve it. Um, so that I, I know it's come up a bunch of times tonight, and I'm just here to reiterate that it needs to happen. And it needs to be documented, and people need to be able to rely on it and trust in it. That if there's something in there that says, if you have a complaint and it goes to this department and you're going to get a response within 24 to 48 hours, days, weeks, months, whatever, that you can rely on that's actually a deadline that people can, can trust. So I, I personally am happy to participate in something like that if there was going to be some sort of a committee formed to start the work on that. Um, but it's got to start with council and uh, directing the staff to get the ball rolling. Thanks. Thanks, Jason. I have just a quick question. Oh, thank you. Um, I couldn't make last month's meeting, but I have problems with my grass from the gas company and I don't know to whom to go and say I need help. You, you can go to leave your you leave your name and oh, address with Sue Montenegro after the Beautiful. meeting please. Okay thanks a lot. Yep. You're Thank welcome. you. I will be seeing you. 
Wonderful. Okay. Wonderful. Thank <laughs> you. You're welcome. Uh, Willie Gibbons. Look, I, I just heard tonight about the special assessments for the liquid sidewalk. I just wanted some clarity on that from a standpoint of I was, it was strange that people would be caught in a delinquent situation there because you do have a program where you can pay 50 for one year or $100 for two years to pay, pay it fully, correct? And those people are not on this delinquent list to be put on the tax. Is that correct? Correct. Thank you. Mayor, Council, I'm Nina Downing. I'm the president of Lathrop Village Women's Club. I strongly believe in being true to others when I give my promise and I keep it. I also believe I have the right to expect this of others. The Lathrop Village Women's Club prepared our schedule for the dates 2022-2023 for the year and submitted it to the scheduling clerk who accepted it and approved all the dates and locations. We meet at the Village Hall seven times a year, seven days. One time we go out for the picnic in the shelter. Typically we use the community room twice and we use the meeting room upstairs five times. Five days a year. This was all approved when we submitted the application. That being said, last week we were informed that using the second floor meeting room was no longer to be used for our meetings and we were told we had to use the basement lobby. You broke your word to us and we deserve the right to have you honor the original agreement. Here's a little background of the Lathrop Village Women's Club. In 1972, Lathrop Village was still a town site. There was no building, there was no property. The council met at the church. In 1973, Lathrop Village incorporated and became a city. The city council, the mayor, and all the authorities in town came to the Lathrop Village Women's Club and said, Please help us. We need money to buy the land. We want to build a building and be a real city. At that time, the Lathrop Village Women's Club was a big organization. They had a big pocketbook. We gave the city $280,000. That's $1,878,000 thousand dollars in today's money. Hang on a second. We have we were founded 84 years ago and have dedicated ourselves to serve the community with our time, our talent, and our resources. It is a very sad state indeed for the administration to have so little regard and respect for us that we have to sit in the lobby five 
days um, a year. We deserve the right to have you honor the original agreement. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there um, anyone else that wanted to speak? Good evening, I'm Loretta Deloche, 40 year resident of the city. And I just have a couple, I would have some more things, but it's short and it's time for my wine. <laughs> I have to have it before 10. <laughs> I want to know if in fact we are going to have a parks and recreation person that we need desperately. So that's. So, and we're gonna, I, we, Everyone have an opportunity to address what you're going to ask. Ask your questions, and then we'll we'll let you know or okay. answer. Okay. Okay. Yep. So I want to like to know if we're going to have a park and recreation person, and that person would also be doing programming for seniors, which we need. Uh, Lathrop falls pretty short on our seniors. We've done a few things lately, so I can't really crack the whip because some things have gone on that are pretty nice. But basically, we don't have a senior things like other Oak Park and Southfield and everything. I know they're bigger and stuff, but we still have had uh, a programming for seniors just to go like exercise, lunch and learn, field trips and play bridge or something like that. Those are two things. And the other thing is, I don't understand that we have a, Nina mentioned, a meeting room that we cannot hold meetings. Thank you. Thank you very much. Is there anybody else that wanted to speak? So um, this is from me personally, not the council. Sometimes you hear, um, I hear ideas or I hear what is what someone thinks is best and I don't know the big picture of what, how it affects other people, which that falls short on me to not know how it affects everyone. So I have two questions for you. One is for the women's club, I agree. I wouldn't want to um, meet in the basement, just being honest, um, of how long your meetings are, how many people are, are a part of it, because there are other rooms, there's other options, you know. Um, number two, if the meeting, and this is, um, you know, Sorry, just gotta say what I gotta say. Um, if the meetings are like uh, one hour to two hours, the people that are disturbed could possibly relocate at that time to allow this. Um, so I apologize. I did not know the effect of how this came out towards the women's club because I think that you all are a strong, strong organization that still does a lot for the city, and I would not want to see that you're slighted. And so hopefully what we can do maybe after this meeting or we can meet uh, sometime next week to figure out some other options, if not going back the way that it was, and we, can, we as staff and administration can accommodate. And I, that's my promise to you all, that I, you know, I will work to try to figure out what we can do for that. You know you're not allowed to come back, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you. I just want to say, uh, normally our meetings are very quiet. We just meet the regular meeting. You're in it. It's not quiet. <laughs> well, uh, only one time we had two months ago, three months ago, we had family feud, and, and it might have been a little disruptive, but the family feud night. But if we were disturbing anybody, nobody ever came out and said, 
can you keep it down? Mm -hmm. And that's the only time that anybody would ever said anything to us. And we find it, we leave it like we find it, so it's not a lot of cleaning up or anything. Well, let's 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 figure something out. I, I'm and then after we were, then we, we were supposed to be in another place in the community room at $100 an hour. Duh. Let's Plus cleaning fee. Let, let's, uh, let's figure something out. That, that is my promise. Thank you. Thank you. We'll figure it out. Um, any other comments? Uh, any, this code is killing me. Any other comments, public comments? Okay, we're gonna go into Mount, uh, Mayor and Council comments. Mm. Okay. Um, oh no, we were here to midnight. That's late. Um, <laughs> senior programming. Absolutely, that that's what we need to do. Um, and I really have to give kudos to my co-council that's really focused on bringing not only seniors together but the community together, trying to make sure we're maintaining some type of. Uh, programming so I want to thank um, Barb who's really been you know digging in trying to figure out something to do every month um, and then with Jalen and and, uh, and yourself <laughs> and uh, this guy <laughs> five years and she doesn't uh, know my name I try to forget it but the fact is that we're all trying did I say it out loud oh my god it is good I have cold medicine that's going on <laughs> I swear it off um, so we are trying to put programming um, together. And um, right now, when it comes to parks and recs, um, we're talking about combining the position. We're still talking about it. We need a parks and rec uh, person. Um, but right now, we're all digging in. I think that's where, and Barb, please correct me if I'm speaking out of turn for you, but I think that's where Barb is really kind of stepping up and trying to bridge that gap until we get somebody Yes, we're trying for once a month activities, Friday night, six to eight. There'll be something different every month. We are gonna stick with bingo, that was pretty popular. We'll add a little bit to it. Um, we wanna try to collect donations. I think that was brought up at the last bingo. We'd like to do a renovation in this room. So we'd like to sort of incorporate that into the activities as well. And then there's senior activities. I think, we're, I feel like we're doing one a month. Is that sound about right? Yeah. And so there is, I mean, there's other opportunities that's coming up because, and I'll, I'll explain it to you, Ali, there is a way that we can do more um, activities that I've been talking to Sue about that is going to be like a little unconventional in a way, but just to make sure that we're still doing stuff here. And that's where, that's something that I can do, and we'll talk about it. Um, for senior programming, parks and rec, I answered your two questions. Yeah. All right, okay, good. So what I also was gonna bring up is that, uh, and I did ask on the posters, this is just for FYI, 2023 Optimus Club um, <laughs> Oratorical Contest is coming up. Hopefully that will be posted on the website. Um, and also in our e-newsletter is for us, um, scholarship from the Optimus Club. And it's due sometime in March, and I failed to write down the uh, actual dates. Um, I'm going to yield back, because I know there's something else that I'm missing that I was supposed to say, and I forgot. Do we have a deadline for the uh, spring newsletter? Uh, I don't have anything out yet, um, but I'm thinking I need the information by March. Okay. March first, tenth, tenth. Um, and and how do people? And how how do people make submissions and recommendations? 
for the new e newsletter or for the uh, one the our town uh, oh I'm sorry either either so I think we need did we ever come up with a, a way we need to have uh, procedures of how people I, I would like to see in writing procedures of how someone can submit to e the e newsletter the due dates things like that um, the our town I thought we we're that's going to be strictly you pay for that space right yeah I thought that's what we did so we talked about it but I don't recall us having anything written down there's in. a policy in place that's on the website so what I'm talking about is that when we talked about it there was no we did not write out exactly what the procedures are going to be for <laughs> the e-newsletter and how people were going to submit their articles or um, their suggestions so I think that's something that perhaps at our next study session that we need to write something out on um, the submission and how we'll do the e-newsletters yeah we talked about specific things but we didn't put it, it wasn't in, into right. a procedural kind of document exactly exactly you have any anything else for, okay. anyone else yes um, at the last meeting I brought up the fact that we are paying for a parks and recreation person and a communication person forty four thousand dollars and so I'm wondering I presented it at the meeting I emailed copies of all of it to the mayor and to the city administrator I'm wondering why the person who was hired for that position is not doing the things that they were hired for our town e-newsletter so parks uh, and recreation programs who is the person that was hired for that Brittany Brittany was hired for DDA not for parks I'm sorry America. the position is DDA and special projects that, manager that, and that's that correct was, Karen. yes uh, I it, sent you all of the information you the that, job you can posting. Send information it can still be incorrect oh wow okay but go ahead Brittany is the DDA's manager and DDA and special projects manager special projects was something that was added to that position once Chris Clough left and that was because the parks and rec position needed to be reorganized and in the interim, as a stopgap measure, those duties were added to Corey Dahl's position. That was not a stopgap yes, measure. It was, it was a raise of $12,000 Councilwoman up Miller, $42,000. It is up to the DDA Board the, of Directors to determine well, you how to allocate the funds that are, avail that are no, used that for Can we DDA staff. We're paying $8,000 of that the salary. DDA, you are paying 10% of Brittany's no, salary more than that I you will are paying 10% job description of I, I have her job thing. description oh. Councilwoman Miller oh. I wrote it uh, I know exactly it. what it okay. says so the one thing that we're just the fact is that Brittany is paid from the DDA her job is from the DDA she's not it's not for the parks and She's paid about 26% from the general uh, fund uh, She's paid about 26% um, from the general The fact fund. is, is that what you are speaking about is incorrect. It is it not been, incorrect. It I has sent been, you all of the Karen, documentation you send, from city council. You can send council, as much information council, as you would like, but if the information else, that you send is incorrect, it's incorrect. She works for the DDA. She's a special projects uh, the manager for the DDA. She's not a parks and rec coordinator. Okay. We do need to hire a parks and rec coordinator. Yes, Thank you. For coming up and explaining, well, you have anything? Do you, think, the job do you have anything else, Councilwoman? Yeah, yes. 
I we're not going to resolve it today because everything. that's it's not going to be resolved well, tonight. Well, you should have responded to me. That was a couple of weeks. Your ago emails come across where you don't ask the question. We don't know what your emails are even about because you don't ask the question. I sent you the information. You just send statements. I don't know. Most people say, "Hey, can you help me with this? Can what is your what is?" I presented your, it at the last meeting. You know, you you yell at us about it. So, but that's a whole different story. Just please, okay, you know. I'm sorry. I'm going. trying to be a good steward of our taxpayer dollars. We're paying a person forty-four thousand dollars plus from a lot DDA. of benefits. No, not from the DDA. It's from the twenty-six percent comes from the general fund. I sent you all of the information. If you would look at it, it was things that were put into place to cover communication and parks and recreation. It's written, all of it is written in the job description and the same job description that was given to Corey. It was not a stopgap measure. If I can interject into this just a bit, um, you know, when, when I come to you with a need for something, it's because it's not getting filled in the manner in which we have tried to fill it. No, let me finish, please. Um, what may have been a job description that was put together, as we go forward, we find out that does not allow time to meet the needs of issues that have been raised tonight by citizens we have here to be able to have the programming. It was something that was added when Chris left to try to fill that gap to make sure that it didn't just fall through the cracks. And we're finding that we still don't have adequate staff to be able to meet those needs. That's what we're hearing from our citizens out here. We miss these programs. We miss the things that used to happen because we had a full-time parks and rec person. You can't take a full-time job and condense it down into 20 hours a week and make sure that you're hitting all of the spots. We just don't have that ability to be able to do that right now. Brittany has been trying to make sure that the e-newsletter gets out every week. Um, she helps with programming whenever we need something, special flyers that are put together, whatever it is that she can do, but that is not the main focus of the job that she's been hired through the DDA to do. And while the general fund does support some of her salary, it does not support it to the extent that we need to have that done, nor does it allow for the time that we need to have somebody dedicated to that position. That's why I came to you as city administrator to ask you to consider combining these positions into a single position for somebody to do parks and rec and our communications plan. Can that I, was or our I, communications I, specialist. That's why I came to you with that need to discuss that with you. I would like to see an updated job description then because taking away those specific things don't, doesn't leave it much is, It is my intent to update. I've been talking with staff about this as well to update all of our job descriptions so that they are more reflective of what we currently do. However, I'm one person. It is something that you tell me what to prioritize and I will focus on that. There's only so much time I have to be able to devote to staff as well. Staff as well only has so much time. You know, it, it is something that we do need to do. I'm not discounting that but it's not something that you can say to me, I want this done and next week I have it out to you. Otherwise, 
the budget has to wait. Otherwise, infrastructure has to wait. Otherwise, something else has to wait. We are getting to these things as we can. We have uh, been trying to uh, bring on staff at the pace that we can handle doing that. Um, and, and we're working to try to fill those gaps that are addressed. But just because a job description is created doesn't mean that that is that job in perpetuity. Um, if you go back and look at what the job description was for the parks and rec person, we never had a communications person as part of that. These things have been, we've been trying to fill those in as we see the need, but we realize that need is not being met. It's been identified, but it's not being completely met. We have 12 people working here. I think that's more than we've ever had. So Karen, not really ever come? sure. I, I would encourage you to come and spend a day with us when we are heavily into the things that we do every single day and the questions and concerns that come our way. There's been stuff that I am supposed to be addressing in my job, but I've had other things that have come across my plate that I am not able to do that. Please let me say one thing. Chris had an advisory council, nine people, volunteers, and would do anything for him or anybody else. When, when he left, we, three people left, but that still left six people who were anxious and saying, you know, we, we wanna do this, we wanna do this, but nobody came to us to, so, so he had nine other people yeah. working with him. So, we appreciate it. And so we ha I have people who wanna do things, and so if, if they could get an advisory council, and you say if you get six other people working on the programming, it's, 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 it's not a easy, but it's a, be a lot better for everybody. It's not an easy lift, we understand. Thank you. Uh, but I that's a big help. It. Thank you. Anything else? Yes, I'm wondering, I want to apologize to residents. This was advertised, uh, this meeting was advertised as being on Zoom. So I'm wondering what happened to that. As it was stated at the very beginning of the meeting before you got here is that the Zoom um, was down and that we had issues, technical issues with both Zoom and with the Facebook link and that unfortunately um, we could not broadcast that way so this will be uh, posted. Um, I also have reached out to uh, the people that were reaching out to me um, to send me and Sue or their council person um, any questions that they have so it was uh, a technical issue. Okay. Also, we've talked about having a meeting to talk about what our plan is going to be. We've asked this multiple times. Uh, how are we going to be transparent and have give access to residents? What does that look like? I know Jim said that he had some ideas about doing things, and that has never been brought to us. So that was something else that um, I do want to talk about. Um, that I now just remembered that we do need to have some type of uh, goal setting session. And that should probably include um, you, Jim, in there. Uh, and so it's all about just having a meeting, getting us all together. And um, I actually did discuss this with uh, Mayor Pro Tem to make sure that we have an outline of exactly what the goals and action items are for our city administrator, um, what it looks like for each department, what the expectations are, 30, 60, 90 days, six months. Um, but it is all about us getting together and actually having a meeting, which we did try to start that off at one of the, um, the study sessions that didn't work. So it's all about just uh, getting together and have a special meeting to do it. <clears throat> Anything else? About, about a year and a half. Thank you for sharing. Anything else? No. Oh, okay. So Thank you, ladies I'll, and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. 
Um, just have a quick uh, comment, but I guess since it's being recorded, <laughs> it's not that helpful. <laughs> but um, so my office hours will be on February Monday, February 13th, uh, from 6 to 8:30 p.m. upstairs in the conference room, um, and it will be posted um, on Facebook. I think it's already been posted. Um, so yeah, that's all I have to say. Um, yeah, that's it. All right, I have a few things. Um, one thing, I, I just wanted to update council uh, on the discussion, uh, I think at the last meeting when I was talking about infrastructure, because it turns out that I, I really undersold something. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about the, um, the repair at the pit in Southfield, at, at the old, at the academy. Um, so the two inch pipe that had broke there. And I really didn't play that up the repair of that up big enough because one of the things that I didn't understand until our infrastructure meeting last week was where that pipe broke in the pit, there was actually a drain at the bottom of the pit. So as that water is coming in, it's going out. So my hesitancy to embrace that as, as a, a major problem was because if we were, we're losing, when we were at 40% loss, we were losing about 200,000 gallons of water a day. If you conservatively say, okay, let's look at half of that, that's 100,000 gallons a day. Why aren't we seeing the water on the field? And the reason why we weren't seeing the water on the field was because there was a drain at the bottom. So that was a key piece that, that I, I hadn't, hadn't heard at that point. Um, and so the one thing, you know, we, we did, that, that fix was made at the end of June and starting in July is when our, when our water loss started to, to decrease pretty dramatically. So um, just trying to update you and say that I think that was a much bigger effect than I originally kind of let on uh, at the last meeting. So I wanted to correct that. Um, there was a lot of talk at the, at the, um, uh, the, the town hall earlier about, about infrastructure. Why can't we just fix the infrastructure? Um, we're working on fixing the infrastructure. You know, the, the water system is something that, you know, we, we're spending, I think, 50, roughly about 55% of the, of the bond that we took out um, to up the speed of fixing the water system. You know, we, as Scott indicated earlier, I think, what did we say, 160, no, 120 fire hydrants, 162 gate valves. Uh, we did five, five water main projects. Um, and again, you know, there was one gentleman who kept saying, well, let's fix the problem. That's what we're trying to do. But the problem doesn't get fixed overnight. It doesn't get fixed in one year. It doesn't get fixed in two years. It doesn't get fixed in five years because we've got 17 miles of water main that was put in prior or that was put in in the 1920s and then another two miles in the next, I think, 10 years or so or 10, 10 15 years. So we've got 19 miles of, of water main. So that, that's a big project and it's very expensive and we've got to find the money to do that. Um, also, along those same lines, one of the things uh, that we talked about at our infrastructure meeting is, and, and I'll, I'll present more of this um, to uh, council, but the study group is, is working on a recommendation to move two uh, crucial water main projects up from 2024 and beyond into the 2023 summer construction season um, and, and putting some of the underage dollars, so we're, we're under budget. You know, typically the, 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 the bond money needs to be spent in three years. We have an excess of, of bond money left over for a variety of reasons, which we'll, we'll talk about when, when we make that presentation. But um, the, the two water mains that we're talking about was uh, San Diego from uh, Rackham all the way to Stanford Court. So that, that'll address the 
north-south. We did a major project in 1718 for Santa Barbara. Wait, that, that was north-south, east-west. Um, so San Diego, uh, that would be east-west. And then the other uh, area, and, and I don't think you mentioned this, Scott. Uh, I tried to get your attention. But, but, but the other area that we're talking about, um, about 15 years ago, there was a break uh, in the Lincoln water main directly under Southfield Road. So at the time, um, the gate valves were turned off rather than fixing that, that water main. So that, that, pre that prevents the flow from the east to the west. It eliminates redundancy, uh, reduces pressure, and, and, and so forth. So one of the things that's great about being 15 years down the road is there's, there's more advanced technology. And 15 years ago, that would have required us to rip up Southfield Road. There would have been all sorts of headaches and things that we would have had to done and expenses we would have had to incur. But now you have the cure-in-place piping process and so that, that's one of the projects that we're talking about moving from uh, 2024 and beyond to 2023 to, to do a cure, a CIPP fix um, to uh, fix that underground section. And that should, should, should help the, the east, the south side of 696, uh, that, that south west quadrant. Um, so that's, that's something that we're looking at there. Um, what else did I have? Uh, Thank, I just want to say, I'm just going to interrupt you real sure. quick. Thank you for addressing the water main issue. Um, but I, and I do think that needs to be one of the bullet points on our next town hall, um, because I think people think it's a, a simple solution. And I think it needs to be really broken down just as the chief broke it down of what he wants to do. Um, I think it needs to be broken down just so people can understand that um i mean yes it's the the main solution that needs to happen but i mean it's gonna basically cost you not you know it's, right we're talking at least 30, i mean in today's dollars at least 30 million you know to do do that and then you know and, and you think about all the disruption we had you know this this year i mean think about how much disruption you're going to have if you do all that water main you know and say a five-year project um if you if we even had the money to do it so yeah, so it's, it's a good point. And I think Scott has a lot of statistics. I have a lot of statistics that we can include on there. I have a question about that. We spent a lot of money on replacing fire hydrants and gate valves. Is there any benefit to that if the water mains, if there's not enough water pressure? I guess I'll answer that one. Uh, yes and no. Uh, you're not gonna get much more pressure or flow through that hydrant, but Southfield Police Department's gonna know that hydrant works. Well, it works, but but it does might not work. <laughs> no, it'll work. You you just might not get as much flow through there. Uh, okay. But you know, currently sometimes they go to you know they they every winter they or fall they go through and winterize all your fire hydrants. Okay. Susan and I just got a list of like 20 of them that were leaking. Uh, them 20 went to DPW and they're addressing them. So uh, yeah, the brand new fire hydrants will at least work. But you know, putting it on a six-inch old water main is not going to get you any more flow through there. Yeah, and from from the gate valve gate valve perspective, that doesn't include the improve the pressure. But what that does do is it allows us to sectionalize the the water main. So so the the great example, I think it was last a year ago last spring, we had a water main break, and first off, to to repair those water mains while they're under pressure, costs a lot more, it's a lot riskier, it takes a lot more time, more, more water is lost. And, and we had a, a water main break where they went to the next gate valve 
And a lot of these gate valves, you know, they've got debris on them, they have to be dug out, it takes time, they turn that gate valve off, didn't work. Went to the next one, found it, dug it out, lather, rinse, repeat, took 15 gate valves up the line before they were actually able to stop the water from flowing. So it's a, a safety issue, it's a, a cost issue, you know, it, it, it solves a lot of problems. So that's gonna really help in, in, in the long run. Um, two questions, um, this one's two. So the back billing was supposed to be uh, up and running by, by today. Are we, do we make any progress on that? Um, my update uh, for council on that is that um, we are working hard to meet that. I know that was something that was supposed to be a, a deadline for today. However, the issues that we're finding with that is that it, it's not just a simple fix where you can set the rate and the term and we just go out and plug that into the addresses. You've had people that have moved away um, and you have new owners in that house. Those owners don't want to uh, be stuck with the back billing issue. Um, Pam, I don't know if you wanted to add any more to that, but um, it, it's something that staff is working on. Uh, we just do not have that done in the two-week time frame. So we have been working at addressing this. It's going to take us longer than the two weeks. And we've also been in contact with um, BSNA on it too because we have found a couple more that even though we changed the one and a half inch meter to the five and the one, it's still not uh, it's still not correct. So we've been in. Um, contact with them and I've been talking to them about a couple of them. So it's something we're working on, we've been working on, but um, with people moving, we give them a final bill at that time. So we, you know, not knowing back at the time they got the final, that's what we're running into a lot of them. And houses are flipping quickly. <laughs> so, but we are working on it. We're, we've got the letter almost prepared, ready to go. It's just a matter of finishing up our spreadsheet and making sure we have everything in there. Right. So probably about another two weeks at least. And plus, I've been working on budget too. So, in between that. All right. And then the last question is for the for the city attorney. If there's if there's any update on the the leak from the closed door session. <coughs> Yeah, I can um, address that. So I did turn that over to the state attorney general's office. Just to be clear, since no one might not know what you're talking right. about. Just well, there was, a, there was an email that was sent to council from a resident uh, discussing the content of our closed session or, or purportedly content in our closed session. That, that issue that the resident raised uh, specifically about her, her property issue We've we met last Thursday with that uh, and are, have addressed that. We, uh, Mr. Diamond's going to be sending out uh, enforcement letters because we did identify the, the responsible party for that overgrowth. It's not actually the city. It's the adjacent property owner that's responsible for maintenance of the right-of-way. That is being fixed. With respect to the Open Meetings Act violation, that has been, the, no the state attorney general has been notified and it has been turned over to them. They, they indicated they're launching an investigation and I'll keep you guys surprised if I hear information. That's all I have, thanks. Was there any other um, comments? There are none. City attorney, city administrator, do you have anything? Nothing for me this evening. No. All right, well, well then. Well, I'll... One thing, I, just so you all know, I will be taking tomorrow off. <laughs> just, it's my birthday, so. Happy birthday. Oh, happy you asked birthday. me to. I don't say that to get happy birthday from you, but you asked me to let you know, so I'm letting you know. That I, I never recall we got um, birthdays off, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay. 
Um, I would take a motion to uh, adjourn, please. Motion to adjourn. Second. It's been moved and second. Have a great night. Thanks for your patience.